0: I love Rose the Beast. What we saw last
1: week on AEW ba, Dynamite. Ba, bam! Bam! Down with the best friend. Blum, blum, bum, bum. Sorry. Thunder,
2: Rosa! Thunder, she's Rosa! Thunder, she's Rosa! Ruby Soho,
0: Soho! Ruby so. so, oh. Ruby, so. I knew you was love that.
2: Ruby, 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 so-oh, Destination, no
0: nation, oh The top of wrestling with your host, OGM, A.D. The Professor.
3: Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm gonna have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I wanna
0: be a podcaster, yay! His name named
3: Kenta. I'm
1: gonna call him Kenta. Dynamite drop-in Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you.
3: You're so high you don't even know it. Oh I'm a boy, my boy, you ready for a Scotch ad?
1: We don't know anything about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses.
3: That's
0: Flair!
3: <laughs> <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan jigging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy
1: my wife. Eh?
3: <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a
2: dick.
3: I'd <laughs> cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me <laughs> hard.
1: I need a minute to recover off that-
3: What kind of game is it? War Games!
1: Let a
0: war! War games!
3: our have uh, Yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark like a dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, Jinx! Holy shit! How did
3: that actually happen?
2: Here we go.
1: wrestling day it's wednesday and you know what that means the top of wrestling is here to bring you another badass episode oh my we have a lot on today's docket we got news we got AEW results we got some bringing to the table but my personal favorite thing that we're going to be doing today we are talking the probably one of the greatest three days and WrestleMania weekend history. You got the Slammies from 97, you got WrestleMania 13 with the double turn of Bret and Steve Austin. And then of course, what's always the biggest thing, the night after WrestleMania. And I would say that this is probably one of the biggest ones to really kick off. We have a lot to talk about. Plus, yeah, Nitro's in there as well. Whole lot of stuff for today. Ladies and gentlemen, he's here, he's ready. He's ready to bitch at me through multiple texts that I caught this past weekend. Can't wait. Here he is, the Doc, ODM.
3: Yeah, there's. uh, this is either going to go really, really good or really, really bad, but we're going to try something a little bit different today.
0: Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence.
3: This is going to go really bad. (laughs)
4: What the fuck
1: (laughs) This dude is shotgunning a beer right now
3: Trying to anyway The fucking tab broke You're really failing at this man
1: There you go There he goes now bang it over your head like Sandman. There you go. Get this day going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my tab, God, he's going the for tab, number two. Dude,
1: the tab broke. <laughs> Did someone have a bad day at work?
0: Did somebody have a case of the Mondays? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I am soaked. The tab broke. I couldn't open the top. <laughs> Is that one of your beers that you made? No, it's not. So there we go. That was a shit show and a half. You know, the one thing I forgot was a towel. That's all right, man. You'll dry off. We got plenty
1: of time here because, man, it is episode number 12, which means we only have today and next week left for you to share because within two weeks from now, it is the 100th episode Of the Top of Wrestling Podcast. First, I got to say, I can't believe this. We're actually here. We're actually at that point because I remember it got started only about a month or two before the pandemic. We're like, wow, let's debate how bad Hell in a Cell was versus, I think it was maybe AEW Revolution. Uh, There was a lot of bad things, you know, or a lot of good things that we had going. But then pandemic hit and we're still going strong. Better than some of the other wrestling companies. (laughs) <laughs> and we go by our own rules, kind of like create your own native. N- native, native, narrative, or That'd native, whatever. Be whatever you want, you want to have your own native language. You could do that too. But ladies and gentlemen, make sure you share any one of these episodes, any one of these logos. How about today's logo? You see Stone Cold Steve Austin glaring at you. There's a reason why. You'll find out <laughs> about that. Oh yeah. But. Share anything because when you do, you are entered for the chance to win on the 100th episode, our extra, extra, extra medium Top of Wrestling Podcast shirt. All right. I already kind of gave you an idea of what we're going to be doing today. We have Monday Night Wars, bring it to the table. We do have some good shit from Nightwing. He's back on track. Uh, Let's talk about some news and uh, goddamn I like. I really liked that at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the season, we said, all right, let's start tallying how many things that we have called. Go ahead, ODM.
3: What'd you call? <laughs> Matter of fact, I think I even said it last week, if not two weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about the Briscoes and the possibility of them showing up in AEW and you know, how it doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen. Uh, well, it's going to happen. And just like I said, since they can't do it at AEW, they can do it in Ring of Honor. Briscos are going to face FTR finally at Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor April 1st. Can't couldn't be happier.
1: So is it TNT that was kind of putting the kibosh on the Briscoe showing up or like what's the uh who is who's against Briscoe showing up? I understand the scenario behind it, but why is it they could do Ring of Honor and it's still owned by Tony Khan, yet, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it seems kind of odd to me.
3: Because the thing was that it was the, somebody at the network at TNT or TBS. So Ring of Honor isn't okay. going to be on TBS or TNT, so therefore, there you go.
1: Well, that's funny you say that, because following up with that, I see you have right here in the news, yeah, Ring of Honor is going to have a weekly show. Is it going to be the developmental system? Is it going to be just another actual uh what would you want to call it? A not draft. Yeah, if we had drafted rosters, you know, I mean, do you have Dynamite and Rampage and then some Ring of Honor? What's if they are going to have a weekly show? What do you what's your idea of what their plan is for? A, a weekly show there
3: yeah so right now they don't have a tv deal or anything uh what it was it? sinclair broadcasting uh owned it previously or that's where they ran mm-hmm. this no no word on how they're gonna get this content out whether it's gonna be uh web-based or <clears throat> on a network or anything like that uh that those details haven't been disclosed yet so uh, it it sounds like they're going to have a weekly show. How they're going to get it to us, still not known. Uh, I'll guarantee you it won't be on TNT or TVS or any other station owned by them because obviously uh, they want nothing to do with the Briscoes.
1: All right, well, what else do we have for news here?
3: All right, well... Again, this is all just speculation at this point, but I think uh, it's probably true. I don't see any reason not to believe it, especially at this point. Uh, But per Mike Johnson at PWI, uh, Cody Rhodes has officially inked a deal with the WWE. He's going to be on the Raw brand, Uh, will face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, likely debut there uh, as they've been referencing him. And, uh, yeah. And then uh, apparently, uh, you know, I saw a headline, and honestly, beyond this, I really don't care. Uh, the article headline was basically something along the lines of, uh, Cody's, uh, Raw After Mania plans revealed. Uh, so it's likely going to be his kind of, you know, origin story or, 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 or sequel story for the WWE. His
1: character transition back into Stardust. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. Stardust. Oh, Jesus. I don't even care anymore, to be honest with you. Like, I was a fan of Cody and AEW. Now I'm just beyond any form of care with what's going on. Like I said, I was kind of hoping he was just going to show up and, you know, be the uh, Ring of Honor owner. That would have been better. I don't really. What? All right. From what I read is that Cody has actually had ink to paper for even more than a couple of weeks now, though, and it's uh, now okay. just being official. If that's the case, why are you waiting so long? It, from all right, we are recording prior to RAW. We know that, but the question is this: Why are you waiting less than two weeks before your biggest pay per view of the year? Pay per views? Oh, I'm sorry. I uh, <laughs> premium live events. Why are you waiting so long to promote it? Because maybe, just maybe, just maybe, you wouldn't have to give away buy one, get one free seats. Buy one, buy a row, or buy one seat, get a whole row free.
3: Yeah, I. It probably because Cody was being a bitch and had to wait for the deal that he thought was right for him. I don't know, man. Does it really matter in the end? you know?
1: No, it really doesn't. No, because it's not like I'm going to watch WrestleMania live anyway. Nothing has, has intrigued me to go, I have to watch this live. <laughs> not one match.
3: Nope. Not at all. Not at all.
1: All right. Anything else on news? Anything positive?
3: All right. Positive? Well, I mean, something we can make fun of at the very least. Uh, as you know, uh, Adam Shear, a.k.a. Braun Strowman, or formerly known as Braun Strowman, uh, EC3, uh, and Killer Cross have all formed the new Federation. Control your narrative. They've released or native, uh, or native, <laughs> native for your narrative. They have a bunch of rules. Have you seen the rules?
1: I actually I saw a picture of it, and I didn't realize that's what it was. It was a giant list. It looked like, and I I was like. Eh, I moved on. Why?
3: Do you do you have it? Oh my god! And uh, they pretty much just tried to like. I, I don't want to say they copied Fight Club, but that's the way they made it sound. Almost. Okay. You ready? Okay. Oh, I'm okay. ready. All right. Here we go. First rule: You are in control. Second rule: You are in control. Like literally, the second rule is the same rule, it's just in capitals with an exclamation point. Please tell me the third rule is his name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. It is. The, but you're going to laugh because it is right out of the fucking movie. Fights end when you tap out, get knocked out, can't stand or quit. Literally. Like, that's that's the rule. But there's more. Sanctioned matches can end via pinfall. Okay. Fourth rule, standard professional wrestling rules apply for sanctioned matches. Chaos ensues in the project pit. <laughs> I want to repeat that. Wait, last I have part. a question. How many more rules are there before you keep going? Four. Oh, okay. <laughs> Chaos ensues in the project pit. Hit. I'm in. Fifth rule, no super kicks, no tope suicidas, no Canadian destroyers. I can kind of get behind that one. I'm on board with that. <laughs> I feel like if you do any of those, you're disqualified automatically. That's awesome. <laughs> but what a, what better way to, to have a great rule than to follow it up with another dumb one? Sixth rule the fight isn't with your opponent, it is with yourself.
1: Oh, this is a therapy session.
3: (laughs) Okay. Seventh rule. Fights will go on as long as they have to. Sanctioned matches hit their times. So I guess that means that... I guess what we're getting out of this is that... Sanctioned matches will be regular wrestling matches. But everything else is just chaos. In the project
1: pit. Okay, so are you trying... You know what I feel like they're trying to be? Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Because if you watch that, they're still... I feel like... I'm I look at, I'm going to go on record and say I think it is. I think it's still a uh, pre-planned event. I don't want to use the word scripted. Because I think that it's just straight fights if you watched it. But... It, they're using wrestling moves and, you know, it still has a wrestling format to it, a pro wrestling format to it. I feel like that's all this is, is their own version of what Bloodsport is. Yeah. It, Just
3: personally. Yeah. So, then there's the eighth rule, which we're back to dumb ones. If you want to control your narrative, you have to fight. So, Yeah. Minus rule number five, which is the no super kicks, see it as their uh, Canadian destroyers. I don't see a lot of content here, so hooray! I really hope
1: even WWE, AEW, anybody, I hope someone mocks them. So, TV. well, the books like, are. We're not going to have a stupid list count. of. Ru-
3: oh, did they? <laughs> well, obviously, because they said no, no three of the things that they do a lot of. <laughs> um, well, that's true. So, you understand that when they have their inaugural inaugural event, we have to watch it. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) I feel like they already had a couple of events, didn't they? Uh, They've more of appearances, uh, because Killer Cross is going to fight in New Japan.
1: Oh, okay. All right, well, I'm on board. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll watch that shit show. I mean, uh, an event. Is it a premium live event, or is it a pay-per-view?
3: Um, it's probably a we'll pay you to watch it.
1: <laughs> Premium Fight Club. <laughs> yep. Could it be worse than Heroes of Wrestling?
3: No, probably only because there's not that aspect of destroying all of your childhood memories. Could it be worse and or better than the Slammies of 97? Oh, dear God, it has to be. Let's not jump too far ahead, though. We've I'm got so plenty of time for that. All right, one more piece of news. Uh, Tony Storm. I'm not sure if you saw. She, uh, rumor had come out that she was going to uh, start an OnlyFans account. You know, that's one of the beautiful things about the Instagram page. Besides posting weekly, I just go there and I'm like, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. Uh, so, uh, a stat for you: six about approximately six hours after she launched, she made about 20k. Jesus
1: <laughs> I may have to do some full frontal pictures I myself, don't think see if that's gonna 20K. work out
3: well for you <laughs> I don't think it goes the same way do you want to see Tony do you want to see Walmart Tommaso Champa <laughs>
1: That's a dickhead move. Come on, man. Well, you're you've got the
3: shaved head. You
1: got I know, beard. I know what you meant with the bald hair. I yeah. know, but you just call me Walmart. Wow. All right. Well, what am I, but man? Walmart, good for Eddie Tony Guerrero? Storm.
3: Oh, okay. All right. Maybe not really, but I mean, that's the, be- you know, Eddie that's the best. Eddie Kingston. That's the best of Eddie Kingston. Okay. Yeah. I'm not bald. I got a GED. Um, <laughs>
1: man, Tony Storm. You know, to quote a show that you like. Her voice wakes a mighty tiger behind my fly.
3: <laughs> Did you see the one with the reporter yet? Yes. Oh,
0: my God.
1: I that usually
3: is... lose interest with a woman once I ejaculate. And to think, you cared that you were from Iran.
1: <laughs>
3: I said I used to be a man.
1: God, that was a really oh good one. God. Oh man. God, that show is Yeah, I'm so glad you introduced me to that. All <laughs> right, let's get back on track here. Um so we had this week in AEW. Uh let's just go over what we saw in results. Adam Cole and Red Dragon of course beat Adam Page and Jurassic Express. Kind of had a feeling that was going to happen. Uh, we have a backstage promo where Keith Lee gets half a word out, and boom! There's Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. They keep threatening him that every time they show up, that he shows up to Rampage, he's gonna get an asswhipin'. Moxley and Danielson beat the Shoe and Wheeler Yuda, but then after the match, as all of best friends are turning to leave, Yuda turns back around to head to the ring, gets face to face with William Regal. Kind of being like you know I, yeah, I think I can I can do this. I, I should be with your crew, and of course Regal gives him that hard <laughs> left slap right to the oh, side of the yeah. ear and jaw. Like he doesn't always connect right on the cheek, man. It looks very painful, no matter how you look at it. Um, I like that. I kind of like a stable of younger guys that
3: Regal is just gonna run with, and but um, it's it's exciting. That's what uh, that's what uh, Daniel said. He said, think of the young talent here that we can take in and mold in our image. And he mentioned
1: Wheeler Yuda. Now I'm trying to think in my head right now. There was another name that he said, too. And he's like, we could take someone like that. Oh, was it Dante Martin? No. No, it wasn't a Dante, but it was somewhere in that kind of mid-card-ish level. That tier, yeah. Yeah, um, but I'm already liking this. Uh, Yeah. if you want to join the group, you got to get really slapped by got to get jumped in. So, FTR has fired Tully Blanchard, and there's been rumors of who they are going to hire as their new tag team manager. Yeah. And the Bucks came in and made a little reference to that person, too. They said, look, you can have the best there is. It doesn't matter. You guys still can't beat us. And the best there is is alluding to, of course, Bret Hart to be the manager of FTR if FTR is going to be face okay but I don't I don't know if if Bret being a heel manager or a manager with them I just don't see it I don't get it it's I I don't know what's going on
3: yeah I don't I just don't see him as a manager I don't either so you remember the I, one he did for uh Natalia? Really didn't do well, yeah. anything. He just had Brett face. Resting Brett face.
1: Well, that's that's on WWE. We want you to just go out there, pal, and just sit there with your with your face. <laughs> right. The face you do. <laughs>
3: um Yeah, I don't know. I, I I hope it's not. I don't mind Brett being there in some capacity, but you gotta find the right job for him, and I don't know that manager is the one. If he was going to be a manager, I'd
1: rather him be what Regal's doing—a stable of young submission guys, you know, something like that. Shooters. Guys that you want to be the stew heart to. You know what I mean? Like you're going to bring back the dungeon and start uh, retraining guys. You know, right. something like that. I don't know. That that's just an option. Oh man, please tell me that prediction came true. But I don't see FTR being them. Yeah, or at least being under his wing. Uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society commencement was equally as boring as I thought it was going to be
3: Bro, he's trying to throw shade at WWE for being sports entertainers by making them all sports entertainers. It's it's dumb, it's lazy. Like like just t- fucking take wrestling out of it, just look at it from an entertainment standpoint. It's lazy. It's just dumb. Totally.
1: But don't worry, 2.0, they have real names now.
3: I saw that. I'm They not, have their real names. I didn't even write them down.
1: <laughs> Neither did I. You know, I will say though, the story he told about the wrestlers who were in the accident in Buffalo. I didn't know that it was uh Danny Garcia. I did not know that he was one of the guys that was in that accident. He he didn't mention he, he did, did call give money Kevin to Owens. That. He did. Yep, he he did say that too. Yeah, there was – he did make a pretty good I don't know. I just wasn't I'm not sold on it. I'm just I'm maybe not. it's just cuz I'm waiting for uh Kingston Santana and Ortiz to show up with like, because you got five guys there, man. Please bring over like, okay, the in acclaimed a world, okay. Nah, 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 what? nah. What? Nah, nah. You got to bring in. You got to bring in your crew, your OG, the real LAX Homicide. He just won the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship at uh, Hard Times Two this past weekend, which we'll, I'll actually bring up in a couple of minutes, but. Hom- or Hernandez is officially done with Impact. I did Tell see me that. those two don't show up and be together with all of them together as, I mean, they've done it in Impact. There's no reason they can't come in and go against Jericho, Appreciation Society, Jack Off, of whatever they are. Just an idea. I would be absolutely okay. To, I'm a huge fan of Homicide and Hernandez. Right. I, I always saw Hernandez as a real, he, he was like uh, the Keith Lee to me back in TNA. The, the real good, big size guy that could move fast. Um, I will just bring up that the Crockett Cup winners were the Briscoes. They the won Briscoes, this yep. past weekend. And Matt Cardona retained over Nick Aldus with Jeff Jarrett as the referee, and it was a clusterfuck just as you would expect it to be. Sounds about right. Uh, Scorpio Sky retained over Wardlow just as we thought it was going to to be with MJF screwing him over. But if you guys think that the next feud is MJF and Wardlow, nope. First, you're going to be seeing Sean Spears and Wardlow for a while. (laughs) And I love it. That's beautiful booking. Because now is your chance to let Sean Spears shine. He could do some real dastardly shit and, and Wardlow will obviously come out the victor in this. But then your best part? Is that between now and then, when he does finally get to MJF, MJF is going to have a Wardlow 2.0. He's going to have another big, badass body bodyguard that's going to be there with him. It's just going to start over again, right? Now you got to get oh to my that god,
3: way. it's good. Brian Cage. Thank you, because there's
1: been rumors of him coming back soon. There, there you go. Exactly, beautiful, and that's a big ass guy. And think about some Wardlow Brian Cage matches. Both were heel,
3: so we never got anything with them before. Right.
1: I'm not saying it. It would be an amazing. No, I'm just
3: concerned it. because you know Wardlow's shown a lot of promise. You know we've been watching him from the beginning. That we've both said he's got some promise yeah. to him, but he's still a little bit green. Brian Cage is a fucking get my shit in botch machine, so that worries me a little bit from that True. perspective. I will say, Wardlow
1: is probably going to become a world champion before Derby Allen, and I and I. I would I'm think gonna so. go nuts the day Darby wins, but wardlow has got to take the journey further. World champion, I agree. You know, I could see Wardlow being in the next two years. Darby, he's that Jeff Hardy guy going yeah. like 13 years in before he finally gets that championship. Definitely, you know? definitely. I'm fine with that. Yep. Um, the Hardys had their first match on AEW, and they defeated Private Party. Exactly what we expected of them. They looked great. Uh, I'm telling you right now, all that shit. I, I, it's not in our predictions. We can't put it in there. But God damn it, you know I had to be right. You know that Jeff Hardy faked his way out of that company. He's not admitting it. No one's admitting it. But he faked. He's his saying way out of that it company.
3: without saying it because he said something. How he just took that spot and he's like, I just got it. He's like, I just got out. And he's like, I just got in the crowd and I left. Yep.
1: And then they for them to offer the Hall of Fame without the Hardy spot, knowing he's going to AEW. Yeah, it's, it's all bullshit, man. But again, I can't predict it until he fully, I can't put it in our predictions until he fully comes out and says it. Being like, yeah, I fake that.
3: Right. Television.
0: Right here on TBS. Oh, look out. Thunder
2: Rosa. Fire Thunder. Driver in the thumbtacks. Together. New champion. New champion. Thunder Rosa has done it. Here is your her winner. And new. I got admit
0: guys this is a great moment Rosa came home with the richest prize in
1: her game. God damn one year to the date and these nearly to the date and these ladies delivered again holy shit I thought and we I named it we named it. Match of the year for 2021. Thunder Rosa defeating Britt Baker in the Lights Out match. You give them a steel cage match? That was probably, I think, a better steel cage match than Cody versus Wardlow. Uh, The only other cage match they had was what? Luchas and... Bucks. uh, Bucks. And I got to be honest, that one was good. But I think meaningful-wise, and not just because Rosa won the title, I think this one was better. Just because of it was her overcoming the odds. Dude, the stacked chairs. Oh, my God. When Britt Baker fell on those, I was like, she's going to need a couple days off.
3: (laughs) How is she going to treat patients?
1: Well, it's funny because she was in the office the next day, which is crazy. And she put up pictures in the office and said, for all you people who think that the tax are fake, fuck off actually said that in the tweet, and she puts up her forearm, and there's all these indentations and bruises from every one of them. Aubrey Edwards, another one who I has them in yeah. her arm from the pin as well. It's real, and I know it, you just complained about how they are overused. Yeah, yeah they are. Overused. They are 100% overused. As soon as I saw them come out, I go, ah, oh, you shouldn't need to at see least the You
3: just need to see the bag. Hey, I, 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 bag. I saw that picture of Aubrey Edwards uh, with the thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. And I meant to send you a picture, but I didn't. I was going to do a little mashup or a side-by-side. Don't you look like Marilyn Manson? Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
3: They're beautiful people. They're beautiful people.
0: <laughs> what do you say?
1: We're all stars now. And a dope show. Oh, my God. That's how we're going to do it now. Aubrey Edwards. We're all stars now. Wow, that's amazing. She really does look like him. Or he really looks like her. Aubrey Manson. That's the new name. Aubrey, Aubrey Manson. Manson. Ref that match.
0: No. <laughs> oh, Either way,
1: no, it was really cool to see her win in. Uh, they kept saying her adopted home state because. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Obvious. They had to keep hitting it home, and and I think it's because, okay, we get it. She's not actually from there because she's from, you know, another country. I get that. But I'm just saying that you could just left it with that and and be like, this is her state. You know what I mean? Right. And it's kind of like, all right, well, Undertaker is being inducted into the Hall of Fame in Texas, right? He's from Texas. Right. Does anybody want to take a guess where Death Valley is? Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> anybody? Not in Texas. Not in fucking Texas. Thank you. <laughs> Um, But the the mariachi band playing her out in the beginning, shit had yeah. me pumped up. I was like, here we go, baby. Let's go. I got excited, man. It was really awesome. So congrats to her. And then on Rampage, Darby, of course, not going to lose to anybody. It doesn't yeah. matter who he's against. He just really Rampage was really You want to have someone in a draft, that's your guy you need to have. <laughs> uh, but they're keeping the Hardys – Sting Darby thing going with the HFO. Which is hilarious Red Velvet.
3: I don't think we've talked too much about this aspect of it. Maybe we didn't. I just forgot mm. about it. Isn't it weird that
1: it, Jeff and weird, Sting, but, I mean, let me there's guess. There's the whole right? Sting
3: Jeff Hardy thing.
1: That's See, everybody's bringing that up but come on, man. You can't tell me when, when Jeff went back to TNA they didn't bury the hatchet at some point. Oh, I'm sure they did but still it's just, you know. There's that element. You know, know what I would love? It. You know what I would love if. Oh, my God. All right. Prediction. Here we go. They lose to the HFO, right? In this eight man thing that they're doing here. And, and we'll get into. Well, I'll just tell you right now. That's what's happening tonight on TBS. They're going to have an eight man tornado tag. So we haven't seen enough of those lately.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Hardy's, Sting, and Darby Allen versus Private Party, Butcher, and Blade. I'm just saying, if they lose something. You know, Jeff, maybe. The reason we lost is because you haven't gotten over your ways. I'm just saying. If I'm Sting, saying that kind of stuff to him, isn't that why you left WWE? Hey man, I played them. Blah blah blah. I'm just saying that's his opportunity to say it, and I've been clean. Blah blah blah. But
3: also, I don't think that they're actually gonna play to that. No, I don't think. Team. I don't think they should. Should or will. It's just it's it's cool because you got to figure AEW. Let's be honest. AEW's primary base is smart marks. Let's not kid yeah. ourselves. So, just knowing that history there just adds a, a layer to it. Nothing that they had, they have to, you know, come out and do or speak to. It's just there, and we know it. That's all. I think even I mean they've
1: they've already kind of they keep giving looks, and they're going to tag with each other. That's one thing. But I kind of wish they just had a, a brief one-on-one moment backstage where they just saw each other, looked, nodded, fist bump, move on. Just something there you like go. that. It would be like, there you go. we're all cool. And everybody in the world can drop it right here. But, yeah, you're right. But, hey, it's maybe we'll get something in the match tonight. Um, Red Velvet did defeat Layla Hirsch. Uh, House of Black defeated Bear Country and Fuego Del Sol. And then Keith Lee defeated Max Caster. Swerve makes a save, and it's looking like Swerve and Keith Lee may become a tag team together, which I'm cool with. I can absolutely get on board with. Something for both of them to do. Tag team division is pretty decent here. Um, even if people are like, Bear Country, who are they? Exactly. But guess what? You need your teams that are going to lose. You need your Bushwhackers. You need your fabulous Rougeau brothers when you had your yeah. Hunt Foundation, Demolition, Powers of Pain, right? You got to have your losers in with your winners. You have a, I think they have a pretty decent set of tag teams. Right now, just get it off of the dinosaur, and we are in great condition because yeah. you got Danielson Mox. Or yeah, Danielson Mox. You have the Hardys. You have, dude, I'm all on board with the claim taking the titles at any point. Anybody. You know what I mean? Like, this is, you have a really good tag division. Uh, yeah, so we have a lot of good things that are going to be, I think, coming our way, and we are gearing towards Double or Nothing, so the Owen Cup is also going to begin very soon as well. So that's some good shit. But. I have to i am I'm gonna kinda, you know, transition into good shit for a reason. This man brought something up and I'm gonna bounce off of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Nightwing!
0: Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwig. Wing. Eh?
1: It's Nightwing.
0: Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days.
4: This is such good shit! Hey everybody, this is Nightwing. I'm back again. So, I just got one really good thing to talk about this week, and it's kind of going on what I talked about last week the fact that Biggie was injured. Now, something that you don't really see often, and this is the internet age, so you're going to be seeing it. A lot more, I think, is the fact that everybody from multiple organizations and promotions have just been giving him so much love and support. I know the internet can be a dark place sometimes, especially when you got wrestling fans. And people are just coming out of character to wish him well. And Big E himself, he has... um, truly, truly come out and just, you know, he is always smiling. That's what everybody within WWE has always said about him. He's just purely always smiling. So it's just good to see that he's getting support from the entire wrestling community, not just because he's in character or whatever, but people just genuinely seem to know and understand that he is just a good guy and they just want him to get better soon. Everybody's praying that he will return to the ring. But we do know that because of that type of injury, there is a possibility. Now with WWE, it's also well known to say that with certain types of injuries, they can be a little overly cautious. Look at the Daniel Bryan, well, Bryan Danielson when he went out. Look at Edge when he went out. They can be a little bit overcautious. So time will tell, but for right now, it's just good to see that the entire internet wrestling community wrestlers themselves across promotions everybody is just wishing him well and that's your good shit for the week
1: i absolutely love the huge outreach and out uh, the the the, everybody to to big e like from every company everybody is just they know he's just an actual kind soul before Mm -hmm. it's just a fellow wrestler Um, And it sucks because like certain guys, I don't want to say like, God, you wish it could happen to certain guys. That's a fucked up thing to say. But like of all the guys you don't want it to happen to, it's like a guy like him is what I'm trying to say. Um, But something I wanted to add into is, you know, you said AEW, they're not really going to touch on that. They don't need to when it came to the Jeff Hardy sting situation. Not really happy that WWE, I mean, I'm not surprised either, but WWE plays into this whole big E thing. You know, and Nightwing's actually the very first to bring it up. He's like, I think it's in poor taste that they did it. He brought it up to us on the side. They have a neck injury angle with Bianca Belair right now heading into WrestleMania with Becky Lynch. And even if that was your plan all along, the moment that Big E broke his neck, you should have stopped that right there. Why are they still going with it? And they're making it look like it's equally as bad. I don't know. What? would I mean, let me get like, Not shocked, right?
3: I mean... No, I'm not shocked. Kind of uh, I saw a report, and I don't know how true this is, that uh, uh, Bel Air might, actually might miss WrestleMania. There might be some truth to it, but I agree with you. It is in poor fucking taste.
1: Oh, if she really does miss WrestleMania, then never mind. It's not in poor taste, and that just happened to be two <laughs> fucking shit incidents. Never yeah. mind on um, what I was trying to say. But if they are playing into it, and all of a sudden she comes back and wins. Yeah. Then oh, then my that. God. I know what's going to happen. Oh, my God. I know what's going to happen. They're going to play into this angle. She's going to... And Becky's going to stand in the ring. On the champ. On the man. That was a horrible fucking impression. Yeah. Anyway. Bianca comes in and beats her in 30 seconds or whatever. Just like Lynch did to her at SummerSlam. Uh,
3: yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't mm. put it past him. Because WWE. Yep.
1: But, yeah. So, I do... It's looking like from everything we talked about last week, you know, it looks like unfortunately Biggie is probably done wrestling. I think he'll be great in any capacity he does. He could be a fucking hysterical GM, announcement, commentator, yeah. anything. Or someone like him, I have a feeling that he's probably real smart with his money. He doesn't uh, he doesn't strike me as the guy that has like forty seven fucking cars and you know what I mean? Like right. pissing his money away. He looks like someone that could probably retire and go home and just be okay with it, but I think he'll probably get back into WWE in some fashion. And I really think WWE, I wouldn't want him in AEW. I think WWE is a perfect home for him because he is an entertainer. I'll give him that.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, you know, it's good. He's home now from the hospital. Uh, I've seen some videos of him walking around his neighborhood. It just seems in good spirits, and he definitely does seem like a humble person. So, uh, you know what? You know, we always say... uh, who is it that we always say is our truth R-Truth is a national treasure. Biggie's e a national treasure.
1: Oh, 100%. Absolutely. No doubt. I like that. Um, well, speaking of national treasures, I got something I'm bringing to the table this week. Just bring
2: it, bitch!
1: I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when they said Hall of Fame, uh, the first induction is going to be Undertaker. And, you know, I said, you know, rightfully so. And I'm glad I got to actually live through the beginning all the way to the end and actually see everything from the the rise of the dead man and, and the American badass and everything that we've had to see. And what I'm bringing to the table this week is I'm glad that I've had that epiphany because I've now gone back to start watching things. I mean, obviously, we've been watching the Monday Night Night Wars, but we've been really seeing him battle with the same people kind of week after week or, you know, somewhat of the same. I have had the opportunity to go back and see a couple of extra matches as of recent, and, man, he's just... that's a national treasure. That's a gem. That's a guy that I'm so glad I actually got to see. And and there's really, maybe it's because I had a poor taste in my mouth because everything from about 2010 yeah. on was shit matches. But what I just recently went back to watch was from 1996, uh, which is funny because it's right before you and I started doing this, was him and Diesel at WrestleMania 12 was actually a really, really good match. And then I watched him and Steve Austin at SummerSlam 98, which we're going to get there next year, you know, but but we'll get there another just tremendous match. And then him with Kane defeating Edge and Christian to become the tag team champions on SmackDown, you know, just the history of all the great stuff of watching him. Just again, these are just random matches I put on and it doesn't matter what you put on. He delivers every time, and he has very few moments that he can probably recall that he hated, you know, and he showed you in the ring. We talked about it, you know, the the look on his face, like, I can't fucking believe I just did all this. He was the only decent thing
3: about the Slammys.
1: Uh, (laughs) No, there were some great parts about the Slammys. Oh, man, we're already digging in. Wow, wow. You're lucky you got something to bring to the table, or else we were going
3: to have to talk about the slammies <laughs> right away. All right, go ahead. Talk about what you're bringing to the table. We're going to have problems. Uh, Yeah, so I had an opportunity to listen to William Regal, who was on Talk as Jericho. Uh, As they get to the end of the episode, you had that feeling of, well, well, I don't want this to end. Uh, There's got to be more. And it appears there is more because Jericho said, you know what? I know you got to get out of here. Let's do a part two. So it sounds like there's going to be a part two with William Regal, and I highly suggest that you listen to it because part one was amazing. It was captivating. This dude told – dude, he, like, almost died like eight times unexpectedly in, like, a four-year period. He just breaks down everything. He starts getting teary-eyed a couple times. You can hear him getting choked up. It's just an absolutely imagined thing. Like, and even Chris Jericho, who knows, has known Regal since what we've been watching, since he showed up in WCW, um, is like, wait, that happened to you? Like, no idea. Almost had his leg amputated, told, was told he had 24 hours to live, insane just Jeez. insane the stories that he told you have to give it a listen if you haven't already uh i'm looking forward to, to part two i'm not looking forward that he went through all that shit but man it was captivating
1: well you can look forward to hearing it all no matter the good or the bad because the man is on AEW right now you know what i mean like he's here he's telling the story that's all that matters you know it's not like um it's a lot of bad shit and we lost him you know and now we're just getting the story right exactly he's here, he's telling the story so that's good news. Um, the biggest takeaway that I have been reading everywhere is that he had been wrestling with a broken neck since mm-hmm. 1992. Yep. Uh, Kurt, you could say everything you want about your Olympics and whatever, but Jesus, man, Regal, since 92, and he finished his career basically with a broken neck. I mean, like, yeah, or not. Well, I, I know he did have some, uh, d- didn't he have a
3: fusion done when he was, in WWE at some point or am I incorrect. Did uh at the end at I think, yeah. And it was a three vertebrae... or no, it was a four vertebrae fusion, he said, which like nobody gets that. Like two's bad enough. He's like, but it's usually two, maybe three. He had four. Um but I think did, this was
1: heading into him being GM of NXT. Like yes. his wrestling days were done at this point. Okay. Yep. So he wrestled so, the entire time with a broken neck. Jeez. Yeah, and he
3: said he he said when he was talking to the doctor, the doctor's like like called him in and was like, you know, frantic. And he was asking. Him, he's like, "Can you do this? Can you do that?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I do bridges every day." He's like, "You know, my chin touching the mat." He's like, "I do bridges every day," and that's when he found out that his fucking neck was broken. Yeah, absolutely insane. That's a
1: tough son of a bitch, man. Exactly. You kayfabe and son of a
0: bitch. <laughs> you, I still get that in my head out of Tony.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! I'm definitely going to listen to it. I haven't yet. Uh, It was a busy week. Um, Hidden track. So, yeah, a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of stuff going on. But I can't wait to listen to that at some point. But the time is here. McMahon's got plenty of nuts. Ted Turner, don't.
0: Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? we we'll become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah!
2: McMahon's got plenty of nuts. Ted Turner don't. You'll see our superstars. No old guys here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 1997. 1997- Hearing voices, one man thought he did. See, that's not uncommon when your psycho's in. Rocky meets the Sultan for the intercontinental gold. Nothing rhymes with Sultan, so let's sing about that guy Stone Cold. your heart broke, go see this kid, he's Shawn Michaels, no friend of Sid, how you doing Shawn, we want you back, and that lady wants you in the rack, will you moon the crowd once again, tell us please Shawn Michaels, tell us please, Sonny, uh, how'd you get your pants to fit so tight? Sunny, is the left one bigger than the right? I when you walk in the room, I can feel the earth tip. Tell me honestly, Sonny, do you miss that run skip? Oh, Sonny, we love you. black cape, a black beard. He's from the dark side, so he's kind of weird. He once showed up and well, let me just sing what the people said. He's six feet under from the creatures of the night. Everybody's crazy about the taker man. Do that funky dance, now flash funk. Ready for a booty? Flash Funk <laughs> Burger King, your attitude it is Whopper size. Burger King, how can you wrestle and still make fries? Farouk, you changed your name. Why did you have to go and form the nation with that crushing Savio? Your domination. With that, you won't scare from Cali. They're Goldust and Marlena. They've been gone for a while, but now they're back. They're Legion of Doom. Their spikes are in the back. Yeah! Everywhere I go, people want to know what the heck is up with Vader. Dog collar fits in place right over his face. What's up with Vader? I'll make Johnson tell me, cause I wonder why How come your neck's thicker than Doc Hendrick's thigh? I saw you on an interview with old JR. I bet that you could stuff him in a mason jar China Are looking pumped and mighty fine But in a match, I bet that she could win Hunter, when you two get silly Which one of you has got the willy? Don't answer that, I guess I don't need to know Just sit on back and relax, because you know The Slammy TV show
0: is set to go. It's always tough following the uplifting experience of a glorified TNA exhibition. (laughs) But uh, girls, while you're back there peeling out the crumpled dollar bills out of your G-string, just mark them for me instead of the plastic surgeons and you'll be fine with me. So far, that beats what up until now has been a long succession of shameless, suck-ass acceptance speeches. From Uncle Tom, Ahmed, I'd like to thank the fans, <laughs> to Rocky Maivia, i like to thank Daddy and the church choir, but yeah. well, Rocky, you forgot to thank the escort service for your date tonight as well. Oh, my goodness, the beautiful Cindy Margolis. right on down to Stone Cold, whose sacrilegious prostitution of John 316 may get him a date with the Undertaker. Anyway, to get on with things, I'd like to present the best 1-2-3 finisher of the night. Can I get the envelope, please? Okay, we gotta go to the video. Yo, Hitman! Uh-oh.
2: Shawn Michaels, ladies and gentlemen, who joined us last night. Let's get
0: one thing perfectly straight. You can come out here and say whatever you want about me. Everyone does. And you don't have to explain to me or the World Wrestling Federation that you would never give up the WWF title because no one knows better than me or the WWF that it takes a handwritten note from the Lord Almighty to get that belt from you.
1: Hunter, when you two get silly, which one of you has got the willy? please tell me i sent you the right link <laughs> I'm, I'm sad to say you did
3: I, was it 97 said slammy's 97 oh, oh, oh yeah it was 97 oh yeah I, i'm sure of it china was there <sighs> you know we'll get into it or is this a, is it is this like just, just how started. we're gonna do the intro Fuck right it, I guess. yeah we're in
1: live pal i mean jesus but what's the point of practicing uh you heard a couple of, of the sounds there in the beginning, right? You got a song. You got a Pelman uh, speech, I think, probably was the best one. But uh, we'll get into it all. You have a Slammy recap coming up here. Um, I would say probably the greatest award show of all time.
3: No? No? Okay. I already did one, uh, Boo. What is I don't your... want to do another one that close right after it.
1: All right, well, what's going on, man? Why did you not like this? Because I could have sworn that, I mean, you have a great opening. Ladies and gentlemen, Todd Pettengill. And Todd sang an entire freaking song with a bunch of different songs, melodying and parodying
3: with wrestlers. How is that not awesome? So, I'll tell you right now, I took notes while I was watching in bed. You took notes? And uh, I, I... did not transcribe them into my master list because I want to forget that this ever happened. Shall we get started?
1: Well, oh, please. Well, are you going to talk
3: about the song? We'll start with the song here. Uh, I'm just going to go through the notes that I took and then you can touch on all the different points because I'm sure you have more data than I do. Um, All right, can I just uh, stress this part right now?
1: I watched... And recorded on VHS this thing live. I had this thing since its airing. To this exact date, and I texted this to you, I can do that opening song beginning to end without a fucking hesitation. No problem. I'd be willing to put like thousands of dollars on it. I'm that good at it. I am your Todd Pettengill. Ooh, that's cool. Maybe I, ooh, I'm the Todd Pettengill of this show. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad You can go thing. on and keep it's that. kind like of being the Marty Jannetty of the, show, of the <laughs> tag team. But, so, everything that happened, I kind of like this. Now, here's the deal. You have the slammies that most people are used to nowadays, where it's just attached to Raw. You have a couple of people coming out. You know, uh, in right after Kanye West interrupted Taylor Swift... Batista came out in pink and did the same exact thing. You know, they mocked that. You know, there's a lot of funny moments, but I thought this was actually a pretty fantastic thing. It's set in a ballroom kind of area. It has a stage. It's much like the Grammys or the Oscars. If you haven't had the chance to watch this, it's on YouTube, uncut, ready to go.
3: Slammies 1997. But please give me your notes. It was more like a wedding reception on Long Island from 1984, but that's a different story (laughs)
0: altogether.
1: Yo, did you not catch all the shoots that were going on in this thing? Can you stop
3: defending this so we can get through this? For God's sake.
1: All right, go ahead. I, I promise I won't defend you, we've it. We've already I you
3: think. already did the McMahon has nuts, Ted Turner doesn't. Okay, Mick, the best part was McMahon gives this look like, huh? Even though he's probably the guy that wrote the line, that's a different story altogether. Oh, sure. Um, I did like Austin didn't break break any kayfabe. Uh, look at the thumbnail for this episode. Uh, the best part yep. was Sid. Sid did. Sid was laughing right from the get go. He turned it off about halfway through. Uh, one of the lines is "Sunny" is the left one bigger or the right? Can't go wrong with a titty joke. I love I guess. it. Uh, at this point, I wrote nothing wrong with a terrible. titty joke. I guess this is fucking terrible. Brett was with his mom. I thought that was cute. Um, yeah, uh, they, they, he did a line about LOD to the Cheers theme. I wrote this is really fucking terrible. Uh, Ahmed's neck is thicker than Doc Hendrix's thigh I'll give, I'll give you some credit on that one Triple H broke K Fabie, cracked a smile the one, of the one of you has a willy line, that was fucking fantastic uh, And then the last line that I wrote by the end of the song was I hate you for making me watch this
0: Oh, come on.
1: You just said this line was good. This line was fantastic. And then you go, I hate you for making me watch this. You literally just contradicted yourself I
3: I listed like two decent lines out of it. I mentioned a few others. Hang on. There was another good one in there.
1: Um, uh, Hang on. Oh, no, no, no. Not a good one, but someone breaking. It's not that they break and start laughing. It's that they half-ass kayfabe play along. When he talks about Vader and the mask on your face or whatever, and Vader does this oh, oh, half look on his face, like, how dare you say it, but then a little grin afterwards, like, I'm half playing kayfabe because I'm a wrestler, but no, I'm really just sitting here doing nothing. It, it's
3: it, That one always kind of got me. But other than that, fantastic show. so McMahon and Lawler are apparently announcing it even though there's an MC so there's two MCs it's like Vince micromanaging it's like the perfect fucking allegory uh so Todd Pettengill brings Ahmed Johnson to the stage um it looks like he's the uncle that's three beers deep into the reception. It's funny that I used that fucking reception line already. He just had the vest on; it's like he took his coat off. It's too fucking hot in here. Give me another beer. And it's really funny. You say uncle, but we'll get there. <laughs> oh my god. Um, he's he takes the envelope and he's like, "Yeah, I was given this to read by one of the agents, so I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna read it like a puppet." And then he just reads it like a puppet. Uh, the new sense, <laughs> the new sensation of the Squared Circle Award. Uh, your nominees are Austin, Mark Barrow, Fl- Flash Funk, Funk Flash, Flash Funk, Mankind, and Rocky Mayavia. I wrote it right that time. And he opens it. He goes, Stone. I don't think so. It's Rocky Mayavia. And he dedicates the award to his dad.
0: <laughs>
3: Anything?
1: I want him to win. Great start. Good start. Good, Good. start. And the reason that Ahmed is uh, presenting the award is he was last year's winner.
3: Well, there you go. Todd Pettengill says Austin came in second, and Austin decides to just go to the stage, and he says, I I wonder what Rocky's phone bill was calling in all of his votes. Uh, And then he calls out Brett and Shamrock (laughs) ahead of their match. That was a good line, but it's Austin, so you know Austin's going to deliver a good line. So... Uh, yeah, so uh, next they do an ad for a uh, call-in. We want you to all call in and vote for Miss Slammy Award. The nominees are Sable, Sunny, Marlena, The Funkettes, and China. Uh, there's going to be a swimsuit competition later. Next we get the Dress to Kill Award. We get Honky Tonk Man and Cindy Margolis. I don't remember this broad. Apparently she was Rocky's date for the event. Uh, we'll get back to that later. Um... Can- oh we will. <laughs> Somebody says Candy Margenis, I think honky tonk. Candy Margenis? <laughs> He's purposely getting the name wrong. Um she's apparently at the time the most downloaded model on the internet. Uh, the internet was young at that point. Maybe that's her claim to fame. Um yeah, so the Dress to Kill Award, HBK, Sable, Marlena, Flash, Funk, and Taker. Uh, Sable wins. Uh, marrow has got a cane, so I'm guessing that's why he's been off TV, because he's been injured at this point. Um, and basically all Sable does is put WWF over, and she gets played off like they do at the Grammys, where the music started, yep. where the Oscars, yeah, where the, where the music starts playing, she's still talking, so that was great. Um, at this point, I noticed Doink was in attendance, I'm sure that's going to factor in later. The nation. Of I Domin- thought they
1: were just bringing in alum. I thought it was kind of cool <laughs> that some of the old guys came in. They're like, I'll be here that weekend, man. Trust was any it Doink weekend. 1 or was it Doink 2,
3: awards. 3, or 4? <laughs> 7. It was the, probably the first one at this point. Uh, the Nation of Domination interrupts the next award, uh, and then they just go back to their table, I guess. Um, no,
1: no, 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 no. It was they were fashionably late. <laughs> oh. They didn't go back to their table. They just literally... Came in the door an award late.
3: There you go. All right. Well, so be it. Pimps. Uh, See? The show's getting better and better. Keep going. Oh, and it only gets better Haven't heard one wrong thing? It only gets better from here. Uh, Next, we get uh, two fans are going to be able to to present the next award, and it's the two fans from that ad that we see where they're there like three months early, and it's like, ha, ha, ha. You get it because they want to be early, and they're there three months early because they want to be early. Uh yeah. So uh this is the Tattoo You Award. Uh and this is when I started to realize that some of these they didn't have enough nominees so they just started putting celebrities in there like they might actually have a chance of winning. Uh your nominees are Drew Barrymore, <laughs> Crush, HBK, Taker and Tommy Lee cuz I mean, yeah, I mean that's actually a good nominee. Uh Undertaker wins. Uh they they tease the lights Vince like teases the lights going out and it takes like 30 seconds for them to actually go out um and they see then we see that uh one of the presenters uh pissed himself because he was so scared of the undertaker yeah yeah
0: <laughs> that's good shit that's
3: good it's, it's as good <laughs> as it gets um and the best part was uh, Taker at the end saying, I did it my way.
1: He did not sing it like that.
3: He said, in the end,
1: I did it my way.
3: Wait, is that page one That's of your notes? That's page number? one. Oh, don't
1: throw it in the trash. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and next, week I saw Lou Albano sitting in the crowd. That was actually kind of cool. Uh, the Funkettes come to the podium. That's Tracy and Nadine. Uh, and they just do a dance routine as part of their competition for person of the year. I don't know.
1: Not per it's the swimsuit competition, but I think you have to you, you gotta no, it's kinda it's not. like the it's kinda like uh, what do you call it? Uh uh, uh talent in the, the Yeah, your talent award in the Miss Teen or yeah. Miss no, Miss, no, Teen, I gotcha. Miss uh Miss America pageant. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can look at you. Good shit. I love it.
3: All right. So, so I next, heard one
1: wrong thing about this show.
3: <laughs> next award is the match of the year. Uh, obviously a '96. It's presented by JR. Uh, nominees are Shawn Michaels versus Mankind at In Your House, Bret Hart versus Austin at Survivor Series, Undertaker, Mankind, Boiler Room match, Savio Vega, Austin Strap match. Uh, I believe it's the first one, uh, and then Shawn Michaels and Bret the Iron Man match at WrestleMania. Uh, obviously it's it's Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. They go to the podium, uh, they do the awards, and the, and the best part was, I did like this Shawn Michaels because he's such a prick. At the end of his ex- acceptance, he just goes, he's like, yeah, I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for this, but uh, I beat you in that match, and he just walks off. So, Yep. <laughs> yeah. Come I'll on, man. You,
1: you, you're talking a lot of shit. You, you you, keep going, I like this part, I like that part. I'm pointing
3: out the high points. Don't worry. There's still more left. Um, Look, I,
1: Hingrich- I don't know if you actually wrote this part down, but you texted me something. I said, this was absolutely, I love this thing. And you go, this is the worst thing ever. And I go, huh, I wonder if this is why the last time they did this. Because 97 was the last time they did this. They didn't do this again. They didn't even bring the slammies even in Raw for like another 15 years. I was like, huh, this is the last time they did it. Maybe Joe's not wrong. Huh? That's kind of weird. But you said this is more cringy than the Dundies.
3: <laughs> come on
0: is is clone to- wow
3: well, I just butchered that one we're gonna move on for yeah, that well, one yeah well Ping didn't come and do a, <laughs> uh, an award did he no <laughs> uh, alright Doc Hendricks starts pushing merch for Wrestlemania 13 uh, the one guy's wearing it around his waist to cover the pea stain, uh, pea stain in his pants uh, next, LOD present uh, the Best Hair Day Award. I'm so done at this point. <laughs> 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 the, the, the nominees for Best Hair Day Award: Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Austin, <laughs> mankind. <laughs> and And Triple H wins.
1: (laughs) And he talks about his luxurious hair. (laughs) And he has that accent still, even to this moment, Uh, that I still do not remember when he all of a sudden just drops. uh, We got to start paying attention when that accent
3: goes away. Yeah, it's pretty much dropped at this point. Next, we get Lou Albano and Sonny presenting the Loosest Screw Award. (laughs) Psycho Sid. (laughs) Mankind, Kramer, yes, Kramer from Seinfeld, Giddy up <laughs> Steve Austin and Bob Backlund. Me personally, I would have given this one to Bob Backlund because I don't think that's an act. But anyway, Mankind wins. I wrote Kramer. Uh, <laughs> this might have been the best part of the night. This is the part wrote, where I think he, this is where you work the boys, right? Mankind thanks Aldo Montoya, who's there without a mask. Yep. So. Just a pair of sunglasses. Looks like just incredible. When
1: I'm not even <laughs> doing the joke. I'm saying it's yeah. just incredible wearing a pair of sunglasses. It and he is, goes, that's all I want to thank my mentor, the man that's really giving me everything I need, Mr. Aldo Montoya. You see everyone, all the other wrestlers are fucking marking out and laughing. This is he, him yeah.
3: working the boys. He does. He does the Rocky speech. Aside from my daughter being or my kid being porn, this is the best night of my life. And to my sick wife at home, yo, yeah, Adrian, I did it. I loved it, dude. This was amazing. Um, next we had uh, another talent portion of a Woman of the Year, Marlena, doing what she does best blindfolded, smoking (laughs) cigars, guessing what kind they are. That is a Cuban missile from... I don't know. (laughs) Cuban missile? That's not the videos you've been watching, bro. Take it easy. (laughs) Not the same Marlena videos, but, you know. My next note was, I think I have a brain tumor. Uh, At this point, Todd Pentengale starts talking. (laughs) Owen interrupts him. Basically... He thinks he won an award, but he's actually presenting, and he just takes the trophy and walks away. <laughs> so all these years, when you hear him say that he's a two-time
1: Slammy Award winner, he just took that thing and ran. He <laughs> did win it the year before at 96. But the second one, he actually doesn't earn. He just grabs it and goes, I'm a winner! Whoa! And walks off with two slammies. I love it. All these years later, I even watching it again. Now, again, as a person who really loves that uh, this event, I didn't realize that even in that moment. I was like, that's how he had his second one all along? No shit. All right, that's awesome. I thought it was just for the night and he was having fun. But,
3: again, this was the last set of slammies for several years. <laughs> as Owen's walking off stage, uh, he hits a waiter with a drink tray that spills on Vader and Vader slips and falls and chases Owen out. This is when I texted you the Tell W's me you wouldn't want to
1: see Leonardo DiCaprio do that to George <sighs> Clooney, but they can at the Oscars. But here in the WWE, anything can happen, pal.
3: <sighs> Next sable performance. Do you think that Miss this Planner. award
1: show is the Heroes of Wrestling of award shows?
3: It's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> Sable does her talent show next for the Miss Slammy Award. Um, it's her doing karate and board breaking, and then the camera looks at her and she goes, Bruce, who?
0: <laughs>
3: okay, that Bruce was. Bruce Leroy, I, you giant like ass coolie. <laughs> 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 that's literally. put he puts him upside wrote. down in the garbage that's, can! <laughs> that's literally what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> um next jesse james singing something gone wrong oh you didn't know your ass better overdub somebody <laughs> why did they play this live when they could have just recorded it and lip-synced it this was fucking terrible it, it was what was it called something's gone Awful. wrong <laughs> yeah something's gone wrong all right
1: Oh my god. I thought it was a pretty decent performance. I mean he didn't sing I actually tell me when they said, ladies and gentlemen, here's Jesse James. Tell me you didn't think he was gonna sing uh with my baby tonight.
3: No, because he says, he says singing his new song or something like that, something gone wrong. Yeah, he they said
1: something gone wrong. It's gonna be our new intro for the for next season.
3: Uh, I'll just stop listening. <laughs> or fast forwarding. Next, uh Doc Hendricks. Uh, is with some record label guy? I I, I don't know. Um, It's for Jesse James. This is uh, the number one with a bullet award uh, for entrance music. Uh, Nominees are With My Baby Tonight, naturally. Uh, Undertaker's theme, The Nation of Domination song, Flash Funk song, and Sonny, the I Know You Want Me video that we've seen already. I know you want me! Uh, somehow Undertaker wins. Okay. I mean, I'm an Undertaker mark. I, I think he would have been in last place on that one, but okay. Who would you uh, think of would have
1: won? You got With My Baby Tonight, I Know You Want Me, and Flash Funk. I'm actually
3: all for Undertaker winning this one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I might give it to Flash Funk.
0: You know. You are so (laughs)
1: okay.
3: Next, we get the swimsuit competition. First, we get Mm Sonny, which is, I mean, wait, I can look at you. Uh, next, (laughs) it's like you know, (laughs) a Tuesday. (laughs) Next, we get China, but China doesn't come out. And Triple H basically says, I withdrew her, she doesn't belong in the valley of the silicone queens. Um, and then Triple H actually references, like, Sonny saying that somebody wasn't as good as they said they were. Basically referencing Shawn Michaels and Sonny saying mm-hmm. yeah he wasn't that good anyway. That was one for the boys. That's for yep. sure. That's why I, I texted you. I
1: said there's a lot of shots taken in this night that are... Both for the show and for the boys. I loved it.
3: You dick. Next, we've got Marlena and Sable. Uh, yeah, again. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again. Best part of the night. Oh, God. Uh, next, we get uh, Brian Pillman presenting the one, two, three. He's got him award. <laughs> um, and he said... Yeah, it'll be another one in the long succession of suck ass acceptance speeches. And then he says I think Rocky Mayavia forgot to thank his escort service for his date. Yep.
1: <laughs> Calls Ahmed Johnson and Uncle Tom.
3: Yep.
0: The thick fans. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <It> was awesome. <laughs> Pillman was on fire. So uh, your nominees for the one, two, three's got him, and, and we've referenced this already. Is uh, Sean Michaels, Mark Marrow, Sid, Austin, and Brett? Because you know, after the sharpshooter, he typically two, pin somebody. He tapped. <laughs> and uh, Sean Michaels wins for sweet chin music. Next, I wrote God. Now, will hang on before end. you.
1: Wait, 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 wait. All right. What? Before you mention what Shawn Michaels says, are you going to say what Pillman just mentions? Oh, I might have missed that. Ah, another quick little shoot to the boys. Before he announces uh, Michaels as the winner, he takes the envelope, puts it up to his forehead, and goes, I hope this brings a smile to the winner's face. Ah, uh, yes. Mr. Lost His Smile. Yep. Uh! Yeah, baby. It was awesome. Just one more from Pillman. Like I said, he was on fire. But now, yeah, please go over Sean's
3: acceptance speech. He's now wearing a tank top. Yeah, I know. He's taking it's too hot in here. The only thing that I remember is he goes, I'm probably going to catch heat for this too, but I beat you with that. (laughs) Talking to Brett. I
1: loved it. Yeah, he goes, I'm going to take a brow beating for this one. I love it. It was awesome. Um, Yeah. It's almost too much Sean for a guy that's injured and gone and yeah. pretty much in the front row and main spotlight and doesn't even have a match at WrestleMania, and they're pretty high, pretty much highlighting him a lot. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I wonder for if sure. he'll play a part in anything.
3: Yeah, not at all. Uh, Todd Penton does a Stevie Wonder impersonation. Great. Uh, <laughs> next, we get the best couple award. McMahon and Lawler. Ha, ha, ha. Goldust and Marlena. Bill and Hillary Clinton. Because, you know, they're probably there. Mark Marrow and Sable, Siegfried and Roy, and Triple H in China. It's Goldust and Marlena. Great. Uh, next, we see China weightlifting as part of the talent show. That, I mean, shit, that was pretty fucking impressive. Um, at this point, I wrote, I think this is what they play to terrorists in order to get them to talk. <laughs> like, they just lock them in a room for 20 hours and say, you're going to watch this on repeat. The slammies or this next part? The entire show. Uh, the next part was basically just. Uh, well, well, talk we'll get there because the, talk. The, don't make me start it over again.
1: <laughs> oh God! Please don't play this song.
3: <laughs> then who, it,
1: where it are the Sun- guns held? Y- McMahon's got. Po- All right, I'll tell you where the guns are.
3: Sonny's <laughs> part of the talent show was just her. I know you want me music video, which you know. Again, hey, I'll take it. Uh, next, a whole was- bunch of
1: bikini. In the water videos, her playing pool, eating strawberries, mm-hmm. you yeah, know.
3: You can figure it out for yourself.
1: Everything that you could do on fans only right now for just 50 bucks, and you can spoon her as well.
3: You can do it on only, And you can find too. out, is the left one bigger than the right? Next was the most hey. cringy award of all, because it had Bob Backlund presenting uh, with some shock jock from Chicago, the dollar store version of Howard Stern. Um it's the Larry Flint Freedom of Speech Award. It, it, uh, your nominees are Jerry Lawler, Steve Austin, Paulie Lee, Farouk, and Howard Stern, naturally. Um, Backlund just starts fighting with this dude's entourage. Um, Todd has to kind of interject and just says, all right, Austin wins. And... Apparently, on the way up to receive the award, Doink sprays Austin with the squirt gun. He gives him a little bit of a dirty look. He goes up, gives a brief speech. He drops the award on Rocky Maivia's table and just proceeds to beat the shit out of Doink. It was awesome. Yeah. Awesome isn't necessarily the word. It It was a ray of sunshine in an otherwise cloudy world, but... We'll go with that. You know, actually, I I forgot to mention, when Rocky was giving his
1: speech and he was being very sincere, Mm. they zoom in and the headbangers are using the tablecloth and wiping their face as if they're crying. They're like, (laughs) oh! oh, 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 oh. uh, You can't convince
3: me this is a shitty show. Oh, Uh, I don't need to convince you of anything. (laughs) Uh, That's not my charge here. My charge is forgetting this ever happened. Uh, next we get Walter Payton. Sweetness himself out. I bet he wish he died at this point. Um, Jesus. <laughs> it's the star of the highest magnitude award. It comes down to Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, Undertaker, Sid, and Brett. Taker wins. He gets the hat trick for the night. Uh, I wish he would bury this event. Uh, I have could have watched an entire season You're of the crowd instead. Uh, we get Hendrix Hawking merch again. Then we get our Lifetime Achievement Award. It's uh, the Golden Boy, Arnold Skoland, I think is how you say it. Um, Sable wins Miss Slammy. I want my two hours back.
1: Whatever, man. I thought it was a really (laughs) good show. Uh, You know what? Ted Turner wouldn't make one of those shows, and that's why McMahon's got plenty of nuts. All right, what happened at WrestleMania? (laughs)
3: Because
1: that was the next night.
3: That was the next night. We got a nice little hype package to start off. Uh, opening match God wins versus Headbangers versus Furnace and LaFon versus the new Blackjacks. Uh, it's a four team tag elimination match. Uh, you know, the rules we're familiar with them tag to anybody. Once uh, one of the team members is defeated, that team's eliminated. Winner gets a tag title opportunity on tomorrow's Raw. Uh, Headbangers end up in the ring together at some point. We get this spot every once in a while. Like they have to face each other and they just do their headbanger. Mosh thing, and then they tag other people in. Uh,
1: I have a question. I genuinely want to know this because when I was at Revolution and it was uh Jurassic Park versus Young Bucks versus Red Dragon, why can you not? It, right, it, right? they just showed you that both headbangers can be in at the same time, right? Uh huh. Right. And in that three-way one I watch, it's one fall to a finish. Why not just somehow get both guys in, pin your partner, call it a day. You win. It's over. I'm just, you know.
3: But sometimes when you no win, you try actually lose. That.
1: Oh, Jesus, Rosie
3: Perez. Come on. Let's go.
1: <laughs> let's,
3: let's get into WrestleMania here. You know what? Uh, it was boo, boo. <laughs> Vince actually references Dynamite Kid at one point. Uh, I thought that was really interesting because, uh, I mean, I, obviously at that point, you know, a lot of stuff hadn't come out yet. So uh, Internet wasn't man. really
1: that big yet. Cindy yeah. Margolis was the most downloaded person at that point, <laughs> saying that tells you
3: everything. Uh, blackjacks eliminate themselves in a DQ and Furnace Lafon are counted out in that same scenario. It's down to the Godwins and the Headbangers and uh, Headbangers win with like some weird sit out meteor or something. I don't know. Uh, next, we get a ad for In Your House, which is going to be Revenge of the Taker, which is going to be April 20th in Rochester, New York. So mm-hmm. we're going to be there shortly. So, all right. I can't uh, wait. You're
1: going to see my really shitty bowl cut.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're the kid that we've already seen, which is funny, because we're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, Honky Tonk Man's in the ring. Uh, we see Lou Albano and uh, Golden Boy Scotland are in the crowd um honkeys to the commentary and he uh, actually sings his theme when he gets the headphone on all right uh next we get our icy title match it's sultan versus rocky maivia <laughs> i mean as you'd expect tony atlas is in the crowd uh sitting right next to captain lou uh vince keeps calling him captain louis albano please vince why are you doing that i, I know where'd the ass come from out of nowhere uh, i i don't know all these know. years <laughs> yep, I don't know, man. Rocky goes for the pin at one point. Ref gets distracted by the Sheik, and Sultan gets the advantage. Rocky wins on a roll-up. Uh, JR interviews Rocky on the floor. Sultan jumps him. Uh, Sheik actually starts laying the boots in. Uh, Sultan hits a splash. Sheik lock, actually locks on the camel clutch. Sultan's starting to slap Rocky. And then, fucking wouldn't you know it, Tony's Tony Atlas' dead ass just keeps his ass in the seat, and Rocky Johnson comes out. Makes the save. Uh and, uh, yeah, basically Dad came in and made the save. Still look like he was in pretty good shape. And Tony Atlas said, fuck this. I'm just going to sit here and drink my soda. <laughs> it's a cool WrestleMania moment. Yeah. I don't think it gets uh, talked about enough. Absolutely was. And they completely blew it on Raw the next night, but we'll get there when we get there. Oh, uh, we will. Yep, we get Todd Gill with Shamrock. Uh, it's basically a breakdown of that whole segment with Billy Gunn where he you know, kind of got him to tap out twice in a row. Uh, and next we get Doc Hendricks with Triple H in China, uh, says we're still not sure of the relationship with you in China and Triple H basically says you don't need to know anything about it, which leads us into the Triple H match against Goldust. Uh, Goldust basically goes for the curtain call at one point and China, confronts Marlena, uh, Goldust pulls Marlena up to the apron to get him away from her. Triple H gives Goldust a flying knee off the ropes. It bumps Marlena right into China's arms. China gets the bear hug on her. Triple H hits the pedigree. Boom. There you go. Hunter, when you two
1: get silly, which one of you has got the willy?
3: Next, Shawn Michaels. It's China, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we see Shawn Michaels trying to work a keyboard. That was uh, amusing. Uh, next, we get Vader and Mankind versus Owen and Bulldog. This is your ta- tag title match. JR asks Bulldog if he's offended that Owen said he's smarter and the captain of the team. Still playing on that. Um, there's a sign in the crowd that says, Owen, we want to touch your Slammy. Just in case you missed oh, that. Yeah, oh, oh, the trophy. Yeah, uh, oh, the trophy. JR tells Lawler that his favorite queen is RuPaul. Okay. <laughs> uh, Vader uses the urn on Bulldog while the rest distracted. Uh, we see Stu and Helen Hart in the front row. Uh, I just love watching Stu Hart. I, 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 that's like one of the... <laughs> you see, what you got to do is you got to take this arm here. You got to move it back around.
1: <laughs> and you know he, does, he never even acts like that camera's anywhere near him, because he's just staring at the match like, yeah, wouldn't have done it that way. Well, he's not a Mark, right? He knows. Take clothes <laughs> on like a pussy.
3: <laughs> oh, man, it's a, it's a double count-out, and the fight continues after the bell. Uh, next, ahead of the match, we get a recap of the Austin-Brett feud. Okay, uh, this is obviously one I have a lot of notes on, because even as much as I say, sometimes you just got to watch, which I did, I... I, I, I watch this a lot. Uh, I'm going to try to go really slow so you can interject as we move through this match because I want to make sure that you have a chance. You know, I don't want to just roll through the whole thing. I've got to be honest. Back.
1: I didn't really take any notes. I mean, it's just a okay. gem as it is. I like right. this match for what it is. So, yeah, so, I'm with you. Yep. Go ahead. All
3: right. So, all right. So, you retort. Obviously, Ken Shamrock is glass. This is the great spot. This is the first shot we get it of Austin 316 glass that it actually shatters and drops. Yeah. Fucking What a spectacle. It looks so good. And the thing is, he no-sells it. He's like, get that fucking glass out of my way, and he just walks out. Absolutely beautiful. Um, We got tons of Austin signs. Uh, He's getting a lot of cheers, and everything's really in place. Uh, Brett is still over. He's getting cheered a lot. Uh, Austin goes right for Brett. Uh, The start of the match was that of a brawl. You know, I'll be the first one to complain about too many fights going to the floor and, and going through the crowd isn't the best thing, but sometimes it works. Benoit Sullivan, that worked. These two guys hated each other. They just fucking, they didn't care where they went. They just said, let's fucking take it to the streets. That's what happens here. Um, he gets, Brett gets crotched on the guardrail, Austin clothesline him, and right into Tony Atlas's lap, Al Brain. You see Lou Albano freaking out, getting out like you know, doing all his mannerisms. Um... The chubby bowl cut kid that—he's there. He was at Super Brawl, and the Nitro yeah. the night after. And he's like he's the Brock Lesnar
1: guy of the '90s. He was like the Brock Lesnar kid.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was just weird because you see, you, know, you can't forget that mug. Um, yeah, I just that kind of tickled me. Uh, so, yeah, they fight off into the crowd. Austin goes for a pile driver weather on the concrete steps, and Brett just does a backdrop on him. I forgot. I didn't even remember yeah. that fucking spot. That was nasty. And commentary sold it, man. Uh, they had uh, they head back to the ring. Uh, Austin, there was this weird spot where he tries to use the steps. He kind of picks it up, puts it over his head, and then Brett kicks him, and he falls back. It just looked weird. It looked like it hurt. Um Austin hits the stunner at one point, and Lawler obviously says, "You know, he can't submit if he's unconscious," which you know that's a valid point. You know, imagine that. Uh, and then we get the figure four on the ring post uh, again. I just love that. Fucking looks nasty. Oh, one as of my fuck. favorite. Absolutely. Yep absolutely uh yeah this is where brett grabs a chair and he gets the ring bell uh sets austin up to pilmanize the ankle he gets the chair off and is able to uh, hit a chair shot on brett while he's climbing to the top Uh, a couple more chair shots after that uh they show brett's daughter in the crowd with her hands over her eyes because she doesn't want to watch this very reminiscent of mick foley's kids freaking out after Mm -hmm. rock same thing yep pretty much. Yep. Uh, Austin got this weird submission, and it was like he had the, his ankle on the side of Brett's head while doing an arm bar. It was really weird, but it did show Austin trying to submit his opponent, which was the whole point of the match. Uh, Austin gets the crab on, but Brett can get the rope. Uh, Shamrock breaks the hold. Austin goes for the sharpshooter. Always nice to see a a stolen finisher, but Hart's able to counter it. Uh, Austin throws Hart to the floor, and and we start getting uh, some heavy boos still for Austin at this point, which is one of the best parts of the match. Uh, He's still getting some boos. Uh, Austin gets thrown into, I think it's the French table and where uh, the timekeeper is and where Fink is, Uh, and this is where he gets busted open. Uh, and Brett just starts going after the cut with punches and the boots right to his head, um, uses the chair on Austin's knee. Goes for the sharpshooter. Austin's able to rake the eyes, get out. Austin crotches Brett. Uh, Austin makes the comeback, stomps a mud hole in his ass, and we're starting to get some cheers. When he lays those boots in in the corner, you're starting to get a lot more cheers. It's been so back and forth. There's been no consistency throughout the match. It's just it's it's so fluid with who's doing what and what's happening to who. That's what the crowd is reacting to, they're hot as fuck. This crowd, even commentary, is freaking out. This is fucking wrestling right here. The way commentary is reacting, the crowd is naturally invested in what's happening between these two guys, and they're reacting to everything. And the guys in the ring are working it. Um, Austin hits a superplex, uh, gets the camera cord choke spread out. That's when Brett's able to get the the, the bell clock Austin. Yeah. Uh, of Course, Jim Ross has to say Brett just rang Austin's bell. Um, and, 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 and here's the crescendo uh, Brett gets uh, the sharpshooter on, crowd is on their feet. Austin almost breaks the hold, which I feel like is like the overlooked spot. Is he almost he's like half reversed it, uh, but he can't do it. Uh, yeah, and,
1: Brett goes down to his knees basically, yep. and he and he has it nearly reversed but if he had enough energy he would actually full put himself in he only had enough to just stop the move for a minute and then Brett just gets it right back on awesome moment I know you're right doesn't get talked about because they always show what's next to come
3: Yep. So, uh, yep, and at this point, we all know what it is. It's the famous visual of the blood dripping down between his teeth. The mat is soaked in red right in front of his face, and he ends up passing out. We actually get a pretty big pop for Brett winning. Uh, commentary is calling for, uh, you know, medical to come assist Austin, and then Brett says, fuck this, I'm going to go after him some more. Just goes after the knee, and Shamrock actually has to, like, waist lock, take down Brett, throws him down to the mat. Uh, and Brett leaves to heavy booze, and you can tell he's like, fuck you. Like You can already tell he's written everybody off. Uh, A ref tries to, I I don't know if it was Hebner or somebody else, but a ref tries to help Austin, and Austin just flips him off and stunners him (laughs) because, you know, why not get more over? And the crowd's chanting Austin as he hobbles off to the back. Commentary is putting Austin over for not submitting. He's a tough son of a bitch. Both the heel and the face commentators are both putting Austin over. This was flawless from the start of the feud to this moment 100% flawless that's why it's the greatest wrestlemania match ever that's why it's one of the best wrestling matches ever it's why it's one of the most important wrestling matches ever that's why these are two of the best wrestlers ever this was fucking awesome
1: and it's it's funny because the energy that everybody had into this you know you're saying the feud how it, from beginning to where you're at right now Kind of reminiscent of a punk MJF feud going on, right? I mean, it's taken from yep. November all the way to the Dog Collar match, which was in March, and we got there. Same kind of thing. This was a, this actually began in November as Survivor Series, going all the way back yep. into uh, right now, March of uh, of ninety seven, and the crowd equally as invested. Like where you're just on your feet, you're into it the whole time, and yeah, I. It doesn't get old seeing any bit of this, but actually seeing the part with it, the live version of the actual match, the crowd of him bleeding and him trying to get out and going down his teeth. Like you're saying, every time you see that it's always in a video package, just mm-hmm. watching it in any actual match. God damn. It's so good. Every time you're like, Oh, such a great moment. Tells a story. Um, and to me, I'm like, knowing what I know now, I'm like, God damn, this WrestleMania has got to be going downhill after this, right? Because it's it's like Hogan and Rock. Where do you go from yeah. here, right? You just right. fucked your main event. This right here was your main event. You just expensed everybody's energy right here on one match. What's to follow?
3: Well, I don't know if I can. I mean, for me, for my, my perspective, you, this is not a bad follow. But for the crowd there, I don't think it necessarily was. You get Farouk and Nation uh, versus Ahmed and uh, LOD in a Chicago street fight. Uh, there's garbage cans, two by four street signs. Vincent Todd Pettengale kept referencing everything but the kitchen sink. Well, guess what? Hawk brought the kitchen sink, literally. Um, Ahmed's wearing the spiked pads. Well,. We're going to get to that on Raw Um, uh, Ahmed's got his own set of spike pads Looks pretty badass, man Big pop Um, At one point, Hawk goes to hit Savio with a 2x4 He misses, hits the ropes The 2x4 goes flying off the ropes into the air And Hawk catches it Pretty cool spot Don't know if they did it on purpose or not I liked it, though Um, Man, Animal tried to pile drive Farouk on a table It was botchy as hell And they kind of just rolled off The table didn't actually break um, yeah yeah that that didn't look good that didn't look good at all uh at one point they are using the fire extinguisher so much that commentary is choking um and then <clears throat> things kind of took a turn um they apparently uh nation of domination decided The uh, best way to win the match was to lynch Ahmed Johnson just put a, a noose dark. around his neck and choked him Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at one point, Savio pulls something out from under the ring. It was Marlena's director chair. I like that because, again, it's that old school thing of anything under the ring should be shit that you would normally have <laughs> under the ring that you might need. Makes sense. It wasn't just thumbtacks. Right? Yep. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> Hawk gets lynched next. Uh, At some point, there was, uh, you know, when you're at an arena and somebody's got that big bucket with all the cans of beer and the peanuts and everything in it? There was one of those that was at ringside with cans of beer and or pop. Those were getting used as weapons. Um, Crush gets clotheslined with the 2x4, gets pinned. Brawl continues. Ahmed hits a Pearl River plunge on D'Lo, and LOD hits double doomsday devices on the Stooges. So you get your pop right there.
1: i got to be honest, you know, Kind of, a, I think this is an underrated WrestleMania. There's really nothing technically wrong with it because yeah. you had the Triple H Goldust feud that has been right. going for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You had Rocky defending his title, and, and you know you had your good moment of the night. The six man, was, well, I don't know what it was three versus like eight or whatever with the nation. Right, right, was actually pretty good, and and you're right, a good follow up. <laughs> For what you should have exhausted your fans, right. they were pretty invested in this because you kept them going. They were into it. So not bad so far.
3: yeah, I don't know, I'll give you that. uh next, I still I, I did I have a Vlad spotting in the crowd. That's always a fun thing. yep,
1: Vlad is there.
3: uh we get HBk's music hitting and he heads to commentary. Uh, so the one thing um to note, I'll say is that uh, Sean was about to get in the ring to do his pose and everything, but he stops and he goes around all the crowd, all the way back to the aisle, come back, give everybody high fives, then he does his pose. But when he gets to commentary, he sees some fans behind commentary and they're all throwing up the two-sweet. So he hits them all up. Just something Mm -hmm. I want to note. So uh, this is our main event. We get Taker versus Sid for the world title. Uh, Taker comes out Can I ask you this next.
1: question? Did you ever think that the main event would be the one where you can go, hmm, I could probably take a piss right now?
3: <laughs> but you know what? I'll keep your statement going. This wasn't as bad as you think it would be. Not as bad. It wasn't. Um, It wasn't great.
1: man. I'm a very, very big fan all time of Bret Hart. That motherfucker annoyed the ball out okay. of me. Well,
3: there's that, too. Okay, I'm not okay, talking go about ahead. that part. I'm talking about the content of the match or the the, the actual. That is
1: the content of the match. Yeah, well, the WrestleMania fair All right. match was well. basically a triple threat, and they never talk about it.
3: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, Brett immediately comes out and gets in the ring, gets the mic, calls out HBK, calls him a phony little faker. Take your pussyfoot foot injury and find your smile. I uh, thought that was pretty funny. Tells him to stay out of this match. Um, and then he starts bitching. And Michaels Taker, keeps the...
1: place standing behind or sitting behind Vince, man, like, oh, oh yeah. hide me, Vince.
3: <laughs> right. uh, tells Taker, "You slammed my, that door on my head. You slammed it on our friendship. It's a, we're playing under a new set of rules now." Uh, tells Sid that that belt belongs to me and you're a fraud, and Sid just clocks him, power bombs him, and uh, we actually get a big pop for that, so they're still pushing it. Uh, it works, man. You're, you're furthering it more. It was annoying, but you're just hammering at home. Sid says, take your whining ass out of here, uh, and HBK's just talking shit on, on Hart the whole time. And at one point, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Shawn Michaels goes, it's a lot easier sitting here on commentary than being in the ring. I might just take this job instead of my old one. <laughs> Lawler goes, like hell you are. <laughs> <laughs> H- Hbk says something like, "Oh, at least I took those moves." Um, it's apparently a no DQ match. They just randomly ma- mention it during the middle of the match. Uh, we get a report backstage that paramedics were telling Austin to seek treatment, and he refused. And that's because he's a tough he's a tough son of a bitch, you know. Um, yeah, Brett's back to the ring, gets pulled away by officials, and Vince goes, "What a loser, Bret Hart has turned out to be." And as Sid's going for the power bomb, Brett's back again. And Taker uh, takes advantage, hits the tombstone. New champ. Still undefeated. We'll see how long that lasts.
1: Just too much Brett in the end of this, man. I mean, I, I was okay with the turn, but I don't think I remembered how much he really gets involved in this main event match. It's pretty pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah. Majorly annoying. Yeah. Uh, that's
3: the whole point, right?
1: But now... This is where it really kicks off my favorite era of all time. It's really going to begin right now with Raw. Absolutely. Hit it, man. I'm so excited.
3: All right. Uh, We get kicked off saying Mankind's the number one contender for the title. That's going to take place at In Your House in Rochester. Uh, we open up with Headbangers uh, versus Owen and Bulldog. They obviously won that match at WrestleMania, giving them the shot. Uh, LOD's already in line to face the current tag champs, or whoever will be tag champs at In Your House. They do a backstage promo. Vince starts asking Hawk about the kitchen sink, and it went nowhere. It was fucking mm-hmm. Well,
0: <laughs> sometimes you got to do the dishes.
3: <sighs> Uh, we, we get another bump between Bulldog and Owen. Owen's halfway you know, on the apron, and Bulldog going off the ropes. Hits him, knocks him off. Um, they argue. Owen starts to walk off. They go to commercial. When we come back, Owen's already back up on the apron. Uh, Owen's the legal man, but he's down. So when the ref's distracted, Bulldog hits a power slam and goes to pull Owen onto the pin, and it just ends in an argument. Referee tries to intervene. Bulldog just shoves him down. There's your DQ Uh, Owen Bulldog retain but lose the match Uh, It ends up turning into a brawl Between Owen and Bulldog Refs and the officials pull him apart Or they try anyway And Owen gets on the mic Says he's sick and tired of your crap He's carrying the team And he wants a shot at the European title Because he's better than Bulldog And calls him a gutless coward Bulldog says I don't care if you win 10 slammies Says he'll accept the challenge And commentary kind of refers to this as a divorce And JR says I wonder who will get the kids Well, neither of them, because they're both No,
1: never mind. Maybe the tag titles? The
3: Slimeys. Oh, yeah, there you go.
1: Because, I mean, Bulldog could be the stepfather of the... We're going way too in-depth into this. We're going down Um, a bad path here. I'm excited for next week, because that match is going to take place. Yeah. And if anybody who knows this era knows anything,
3: I'm excited for next week. Good shit. Carry Uh, on, my wayward son. Next week at... I don't like Kansas... We get mankind in the boiler room. <laughs> mankind says, He's gone. He left me. Uh Uncle Paul is gone. And then he says he's begging uh Paul to come back. He says, Don't make me find you, ripping out his hair. It's Mankind, man. Gotta like it. Next we get future Degeneration X teammates. Oh, spoiler alert. Uh Bart Gun. Actually no, that's Bart that's Billy Gun, not Bart Gun. This was Bart Gun, not the other you know what I'm talking about. King of the Ring. Do you know what you're talking about? No, I don't. <laughs> Bart Gunn versus Triple H. Mm. Brett, and his whining ass, gets on the Jumbotron, tells Vince he wants time to get everything off his chest, and boy, does he uh, later in the evening. Um, yeah, next week, Triple H is going to face Goldust. Uh, Goldless wants to get some revenge on what happened to Marlena. China and Marlena will not be at ringside, which means they probably will be. Um, basically, this was a chance for China to get some moves in on Bart Gunn, which she does, gets a slam in, slams him into the post. Pedigree one, two, three. Next. And I like we- it.
1: We're starting to see the early stages of WWE Creative where they're like, okay, you guys have fought each other six times. Next week on Raw, let's go for Lucky Seven.
3: 50 50 booking. Yeah. Next, we get our AAA showcase. Uh, I just like saying the names: El Mosco, Hysteria, and Abismo Negro versus Venom, Supernova, and Discovery, also known as the Space Cadets. Guess what I did? Next, we get an interview. They were a great
1: bunch of matadors. (laughs) Arriba.
3: Next, we get an interview with Rocky Johnson and Rocky Maivia uh, with Vince in the empty arena getting set up before Raw. Uh, Rocky doesn't seem pleased that his dead he keeps referencing, you know, we talked about this. We came to an agreement, and uh, Rocky Johnson says he'll never interfere again in one of his matches, and they hug.
1: Okay, good segment.
3: Moving on. Honky Tonk Man joins mm-hmm. commentary. We get Brooklyn Brawler. Hey, it's always good to see Brooklyn Brawler uh, versus Flash Funk. It's a squash. <clears throat> Next we get Shamrock on the Tron for an interview. Uh basically they're asking him why would you stop the match? He didn't give up and he says, "Well, I had to. He was unconscious." But he didn't say I quit. Uh, well, I don't like Austin, but he has no quit in him. They're just putting they're putting Austin over. Not that they really need to much at this point, but, you know. Hey.
1: No, but it was perfect uh icing on the cake. It was it was a great thing to do is playing into it. Play into that sympathetic side of him passing out because he uh he just had so much pain, you know. There's pain right. tolerance, you know. It hit a threshold. It was. Just, I, I loved it. I thought it was all of it and how they're playing into it. And yes, Brett being a bitch throughout the main event match for WrestleMania, it it actually solidified the the booze even stronger into the night. So it really everything plays into itself quite well.
3: Absolutely. Uh, well, speaking of Brett, we got him kicking off hour two uh, for an interview with Jr. But it's actually not really an interview because. Hart takes the mic and J.R. just sits in the corner for the next 15 minutes. Um, man, I took a lot more notes than I really needed to. Basically, what Brett's doing is he's making it very clear that he has respect for all his fans across the world except for America. He basically, I loved it. Yeah, he basically just reviews the last six months of him getting screwed. Um, some high points. Uh, you know, you're cheering Sean, you're cheering Austin like he won after our match. You're cheering HBK at Mani even though he didn't wrestle, you know, somebody that poses for girly magazines. Personally, I think it was a gay magazine. Um, we start, I can't believe that actually made it to Peacock. I swear (laughs)
1: to God. I go, I got to know if he's going to say personally, I think it was a gay magazine. I go, what the fuck? I go, I got the live version of this. I go, no way ODM is going to be telling me he had that
3: part. Holy shit. All right. Wow. Yep. Uh, we start getting Austin chants. Uh, a fan has a towel that they wrote on with a Sharpie. It says, Brett's crying towel. Um, I like that. That was a good one. Then Brett says, oh, you know, you Americans would rather cheer for Charles Manson and OJ Simpson. What? Where the fuck are you from? Um, Yeah. And he basically says, you don't respect me, I don't respect you, and you don't deserve it. American fans, you can kiss my ass. Uh, HBK comes out and, uh, says, you know, you can come out here and say what you want about me. Uh, I was there. Austin didn't give up. Uh, the fans, they pay money. They have the right to cherubu anybody. HBK brings up the first amendment and then says, if you don't like it, tough titties, said the kitty. I didn't know that was a saying, but apparently it is. <laughs> I didn't know that was a saying.
1: Uh, I do yeah. like this part because this is where he goes, if that girl right there wants to get a a, a belly button navel piercing, piercing she could do it and you don't care about it And he goes if that girl wants to make out with anybody i go where the fuck <laughs> is he going with this one i was like what he goes that doesn't matter what you're saying is oh my god it was hysterical but like the he started doing the navel thing he's like if you don't approve it doesn't matter um but you know yeah tough titties at the kitty
3: yeah that's what i say uh HBK tells Brett, you know, I'm not good with authority. And by the way, how'd you know I was in that magazine? <laughs> <laughs> you had to turn the pages,
1: didn't you? I loved it. Dude, awesome. <laughs> Dude, this is where, okay, is we, I've said it a billion times. The, well, not even just DX. This is, we don't know what's real and what's right. scripted because we're eventually going to get into, you know, sunny days. Things like that, right? When he says, how oh, did you know I was in that? You had to turn the pages. You see the look on Brett's face is like, hmm, okay, motherfucker, you got me, but I'm not happy about that one. And yep. it, But almost like a real look on his face. It's, oh, God, there's a reason I love this. And, and you just to play into it, I did not want to interrupt you on this earlier, but no. I, how he starts it, Brett, You know, first of all, I want to apologize to my fans in Canada, Germany. in Africa, Germany, everywhere or across Britain. the world. Yeah. To America, I apologize for absolutely nothing. God damn. And that is, we've all talked about it, you know, the U.S. vs. Canada complete 97 era of, of wrestling. This is it, man. And he started it in just one promo on the night after WrestleMania. I think this is one of the very first biggest WrestleMania, or night after WrestleManias because next year is the formation of the newer version of DX.
3: We uh, you know, So it starts to build. Yep. We've got about eight months of this. So, oh, yeah. It, it ramps up. It ramps up. I'm excited. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so basically, the, how'd you know I was in that magazine is the straw that broke the camel's back because his HP, HPK is going away. Brett goes after the knee, hits the figure four on the post. <laughs> Again, great. Uh, you can HPK. pose in the gay magazine, but don't say that I look
1: at the gay <laughs> magazine. God damn you. I'm taking
3: your knee. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Sid comes out to make the save. Uh, Brett powders. Uh, so, yeah, man. Uh, Vince actually mentions that uh, it is the year of the anti hero. Uh, so, or the era of the anti hero, which is weird because it almost feels like he's trying to validate what WCW's already done with the NWO that WWF is just starting to get into. I mean, obviously, Taker's been an anti hero for some time, but it seems like that that theory makes more of an impact at WCW. So just, I found that I WCW think it's more
1: just actually. a play towards Austin. They're yeah. just letting you know that we are going to be putting a rocket under his
3: ass. Definitely. There you go. Uh, next, we get Rocky Maivia versus Leaf Cassidy Hart's back out, goes to commentary to sit down. Hey, I didn't snap. I just opened my eyes. Um, we see Shawn Michaels knee wrapped backstage. He's getting helped off. Um, Bret Hart goes on this rant and gets censored. So they they blurred something. I don't know if you got bleeped out, but it wasn't on Peacock. So and they might have just been on the original broadcast where they bleeped nope, them out. Nope,
1: nope. I think that's how they did it. They they wanted to make it seem like it was so edgy, but they knew he was going to be swearing. Because, yeah, it was all, all bleeps on my end, too. Yep, I'm like, last go. week he was tired of this goddamn shit. Jesus Christ, these fucking yeah, right. assholes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> After the cage match, and this week
3: it's beep, 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 beep. Yep. Uh So, uh, it was a squash, obviously, Rocky wins, and Brett says, I'll show you a bad, and just attacks Rocky post-match, goes after the knee. Um, And then on the way out, he flips a kid off. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) It was just cool to see him even (laughs)
1: interacting with The Rock. You know what I mean? Like, when you go back and think about it. Yeah, you don't get much. Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of a a thing that we don't talk about a whole lot, but... Like Rocky that. did have some some licks in there with Brett. I think that's kind of cool. But, yeah, yeah, flipping off a little kid on the way out, we are getting edgier. That's Here's so that great. anti-hero.
3: Like, I had to watch it because I was like, was that the kid? Yeah, he totally flipped off the kid. Okay. Uh, next we get Ahmed Johnson versus Savio Vega. Uh, Farouk's uh, suffering a separated shoulder and a punctured lung. It really went over the top with that one. Um, Ahmed at one point tries like an over the top move, almost like a reclose line somebody and they go over the top. But it was almost like he was going to do like a flying shoulder and they would both go over. Looked like it was botched. And when they hit the floor, it sounds like Ahmed called Savio a fucker. <laughs> oh my God. I got to go back and hear that I don't think I caught like, that. Like he like, like, it's like he tries to get him to go. They don't go and he kind of has to flip over and they land and he's like, fucker. It was weird, man. Yeah. It, it seemed like it huh. was a, it was a broken cave thing. Uh, Ahmed hulks up, hits the spine buster, and he's about to hit finisher. Crush pulls Vega out. It's a DQ. Um, Ahmed gets the mic, says it's gone too far. I'll make a deal with you. Farouk ain't here. Wonder why. If I beat one of you, you guys leave the WWF, and the nation accepts. I I think we both know where this is headed. Uh, I don't remember the exact circumstances. I was almost wondering if it was going to be a different stipulation, but we'll get there when we get there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, next, uh, the last backstage segment before we go, we see Paul Bearer. He doesn't want to talk about it. So, uh, we get taker to the ring for a promo, uh, introduced by Vince big pop. Obviously, uh, he thanks Sid for having the courage to step in the ring with him. And he said, when it's your time, I'll give you a shot. Gets asked about mankind. And, uh, because nobody has had as much success against the undertaker as mankind, which really is the truth. Uh, and then Paul bearer comes to the ring. Uh, tells Taker, if you, if you still feel the need to beat me up, you're going to have to do what you're going to have to do. And the show goes off the air with Mankind on the trona and Paul Bearer in the ring talking over each other. Mm-hmm. Weird ending. Yeah, I get that that dynamic is interesting, but that ending was terrible. No, it was not executed properly. No,
1: not at all. Speaking of not executed properly, how'd Nitro go this week?
3: (laughs) Uh, We start with a recap of the DDP Macho Man segment from last week. Brother, 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 (laughs) brother. You forgot a brother. Uh, We have Larry the Axe Hennig in the crowd, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect's dad. Uh, We start with Conan versus Dean Malenko. We get Conan's new music debuting. Uh, We get notified Macho Man's going to face Prince Aikea for the TV title later, uh, per Ted DiBiase's request. Uh, We get six backstage cutting a promo on Malenko. Terrible promo, pal. Uh, Basically alluding that Eddie screwed something up like they're in cahoots. Uh, Conan goes for a top rope move. Um, It looked like he was... All right, so you know the spot with Malenko. Somebody tries a top rope move, he catches him, cloverleaf win, puts him in the cloverleaf, yep, right. right on the waist, yep, right. Conan fed him way too blatantly.
1: It was yep. bad. Yep, I noticed that too. Yeah, it was. It was almost like you could tell. Probably Malenko was like, "God damn it, man, way to sell it." <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. it was. It wasn't good. Uh, Malenko on the ramp with Gene post match, uh, and his. Noticing that anytime Six is around, Eddie's around, and vice versa. Uh, we find out Malenko's going to be facing Benoit Spring Stampede for the title. Uh, Malenko, you know, basically says, you know, I respect you as a competitor. So, I mean, you know, it's another one. You know, it's, it's a small it's a small thing in a big C, but a lot of good shit right there. Something we haven't yep, seen a lot yep. of. So, uh, we get a, a recap of Uncensored, the Mortis-Glacier match, and naturally we get a mortis uh, match versus Jerry Flint. It's his Nitro debut. Wins with the Flatliner, which is just an Avalanche Samoan drop. I did like how he teed it up, because he started to do the air riding, and all I could think of was Brett, but it's the Flatliner, so he's doing like a pulse, and then yep, Flatline. Thought it was pretty cool. Uh, next we get LaParca versus Juventud Guerrera. La parka has got a new outfit. He's got a sombrero and like a matching print leisure suit.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, we're you know, changing up a bit. Uh,
3: and oddly enough, Le Parker got the win. I don't think LaParker's has got no win on Nitro yet, but <clears throat> hey, there we go. It was the suit. Yeah, maybe it was the suit. Uh, another recap of Sold Out Steiners versus Outsiders, uh, the relinquishing of the titles the next night. I never noticed during that segment until I saw this recap where uh, the Einsteiners had to relinquish the titles to the Outsiders that that line of security was basically a bunch of pimply faced teenagers. Hmm. they were literally I'll like, like high into that. School. they were like the christian missionary or something like guys just put on these blue hats and these blue shirts and just stand there with your arms crossed don't worry nobody's gonna hurt you They're shit we don't terrible. have security for tonight
1: go across the street what's over there a diner there's a bus of kids get them get them
3: um it's just to recap everything uh, bischoff being suspended uh outsiders talking about the steiners the car the car accident uh the backstage tech, good use and, of tv time because we haven't seen this shit yeah, for months exactly thank you right and then we get and then naturally you get a steiner's interview with gene on the ramp and loud noises just like any other steiner brothers pro uh, promo uh next we get high voltage or public enemy uh at some point they do the table spot and jeff jarrett and deborah come running out with the halliburton Jeff Jarrett attacks PE and rolls one of the guys from high voltage on top and high voltage actually gets a win on TV. That's amazing. Uh, Mongo comes out afterwards, not too happy, kind of pissed off saying, what are you setting me up for? Uh, Sometimes you just got to get right to it, right? Uh, next we get giant and Luger on the ramp with Gene. It felt like Gene was really trying to sell this, but still couldn't get it across. Uh, there's going to be a four corner match first pin or submission. Um, We'll get a shot at Hogan down the line. So it's Giant and Luger versus Harlem Heat, but it's every man for themselves. That's that's basically what we got.
1: Okay. So it's a tag team uh, match, singles. Singles tag team match. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. Uh next super call over psychosis. Psychosis wins. We had in an hour two. Hugh Morris against Benoit. No woman at ringside today. Uh, horseman, the horseman, oh my god, horseman chant. Nah, you messing Benoit up, that's kind of humorous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Morris actually gets the win here. Uh, Conan oh. knocks Benoit off the top rope. Uh, and the dungeon and Kevin Sullivan jump Benoit post match. Uh, Morris actually got a stiff boot shot into Benoit's face. You see him cover up afterwards. Sullivan's got his hand all taped up just to do maximum damage. Uh, Malenko comes to the ring. They they play it like, oh, was he there to join in? But he ends up getting beat up. Uh, and uh, the whole time I'm thinking that we get these horsemen chants. Where the fuck are the horsemen? We already know Mongo and Jeff Jarrett are there. So why aren't they coming down to help? And fucking out of everybody, Flair comes running out. First, he potatoes heart, uh, which was great. Nut shots, everybody. Big fucking pop. He's losing his shit. I love it. Um, the one thing I noticed, did you notice anything about this match that I haven't brought up yet? You got any notes? I mean, it's pretty humorous, but other than that, not really. Okay, you already used that one. <clears throat> Whatever. Jimmy Hart. Don't make me go a for reg- a
1: humorous hat trick.
3: Jimmy Hart was wearing a regular suit. No graffiti on it? None. Like a standard-ass suit. Like his luggage got lost, and he's like, fuck, the only store that sells suits in this town got the flu. <laughs> Get it? Whole
1: store had the flu. So I wore this ridiculous thing for you. Are you on
3: drugs? No, nah, I don't take drugs, No, sir. I'm not on drugs. <laughs> I don't like your attitude. That's a shock. No, nah, I
1: didn't even notice that. Yeah, wow, that's weird. It was
3: weird. It was weird. It was just like. He was wearing normal clothes. Hmm. Yeah, it was weird. Uh all right. Next we get Faces of Fear versus Harlem Heat. Uh the only thing that I took away from this match was during the match there was let's go Goldberg chance. I don't think I caught that. Yeah. Right. So I think I was surprised I, just listening to the think, commentary. I've got to think at this point Goldberg's been on Saturday night. Starting to rack up wins, cause it's almost oh. time. Maybe, interesting. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Next we get uh, me and Jean with Flair and Benoit. Uh, they basically bring up that last week after Arn Anderson had mentioned about his injury that he was jumped in the hotel. Benoit calls it out and says it was Sullivan, uh, and then Benoit kind of returns mutual respect for Malenko, uh, but he's tired of hearing him blame Six and Eddie for everything. And Flair does Flair. Flair starts to go down like a very, you know, like he's gonna make a point, and then it's just woo. I'm gonna take off my jacket. I'm gonna strut. I'm gonna woo, and everybody's gonna pop, which they do, and so did I.
1: It's funny. Do you think like when he gets to the back, they're like, "We needed you to hit those points, didn't I? <laughs> nah, man, you took your jacket off, and your fucking elbow dropped it again. Oh, uh, they, they knew what I was saying because I could see
3: Flair doing that, being like, "Didn't I? <laughs>
0: I said it,
1: right?
3: <laughs> uh, next we get Malia Hosaka versus Medusa. I'm really disappointed because I thought we were getting another Luna Vashan run in. Apparently we didn't. Uh, Medusa wins with her typical German suplex into a bridge pin, which it, it did look really good. I got to give her that. Looked good. Well executed. Uh, next we get Renegade versus Jim Duggan. Duggan's back. Shakes Renegade's hand before the match, pulls the tape out of his crotch, starts to wrap his hand, and throws it into the crowd. Tony says, oh, wow, that's a souvenir. Heenan goes, wow, I want a roll of tape.
1: (laughs) From someone's
3: crotch. Naturally, as the match progresses, we find out that Duggan has a second roll of tape in his crotch, and he wins with that. Heenan goes, oh, I'll bring two rolls of tape with me. What a plan. (laughs) <laughs> i'm glad that Heenan and i have the same opinion
1: i can't believe that this shit's still going on i mean we began covering the monday night wars just about a year ago literally just about a year ago yeah and i'm like well this has got to die down at some point i mean how often is this man gonna have a roll of tape next to his his
3: junk nope pretty it's goddamn often weekly it's it's happened so much it's part of our intro bumper now It is. It's
1: true. (laughs) Do you think he's using it as a cock ring? All right, next segment. (laughs) All right,
3: next segment. We get a Crow Sting video package. Then another Sting stampede promo. Yeah. Uh, Amazing French Canadians versus the Einsteiners. Uh, Heel shenanigans (laughs) backfire Steiners win. And then we get our main event. We get the Nacho Man versus Prince Ikea for the TV title. This is what I wanted to bring up. NWO obviously backing up Macho coming down the aisle, and Kevin Nash throws up the two-sweet right as he looks right dead into the camera and says, right back at you, HBK, referencing HBK giving the two-sweet at WrestleMania because that's for the boys, and they're still boys.
1: That's I love that. Shit. I love that moment. That's badass. That's. I think that was better than anything that was even in the main event. I think that was actually that was probably the best part in it, Nitro.
3: It was just seeing that. It, I was like, oh shit. I I I. That's another one where they take a clip, but when you understand the context, that. Yep. One night before your boy, who's in the opposite company, did something that references you. You do it back, right back at you, HBK, and didn't even pull any punches. He just came out with it. Fucking awesome. Love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. So NWO obviously won't leave the ring. IK is hesitant to get into the ring. We get some Bischoff sucks chance. Um, so Macho hits the elbow and it's like Ma- he missed it. His thigh landed on IUK's head. I'm surprised he didn't die or, or <laughs> injure himself. Dude, it was nasty. Uh, like, overshot it. Yeah. Macho pulls his head up at two, and DDP comes out to the to the ring uh, through the crowd, goes after NWO, gets a few shots, and ultimately gets beat down. Uh, we get some We Want Sting chance. Nash hits the powerbomb on DDP. Uh, Macho hits the elbow drop. Nash hits the powerbomb on Ikea. Nash looks up at the ceiling, telling Sting to come on down. Come on down. Um, they hold up DDP for Bischoff to hit the round kick to his head. Uh, Macho spray paints both of them. And we go off the out, uh, off the air with the crowd chanting, we want Sting, and the baby face is getting beaten to death. I like the ending. It was actually pretty cool. Um, it's building
1: and making DDP a huge baby face right now. It's awesome. I, right. I actually love all of this. And, it, of course, it's also making Sting a wanted man by the, the fans. And when he does show up, they're going to go nuts. They didn't even use them tonight. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun couple of days. Next week we have Oof. very interesting stuff for the wars as well. Also next week we're going to have well, it's next week we will be just days away from Wrestlemania 38. So we're going to have our top of wrestling Top topic, which will be the top of WrestleMania. We're going to be talking about the top 10 WrestleMania main events, and we decide we're going to do our own little draft the greatest WrestleMania draft of all time. And I I think we're going to have some fun with that. We'll get into the rules and regulations when the time comes. But we're not just talking good wrestling, we like to talk good flicks. What's our top movie of the week?
3: Floor is yours, sir. Okay, handing it right over. He ain't gonna fuck around with this one. All right. So, uh, this week's movie: Lawrence of Arabia. British Beatomania. There you knew we I go. had
1: to. All right. All that's right.
3: It. I like it. No, I was queuing you up for it, buddy. All <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, we talked about this briefly. You know, Cafe Uh I think I think when I had meant, when I had put this movie on the list, she you had texted me or we were talking about it before a podcast time. I mean, You're like he's real or something like that. Like I had no idea. And listen, man, neither did I I only knew knew it
1: off of. We didn't start the fire from Billy
3: Joel. Right. There you go. So yeah, man, uh, the movie and naturally I didn't put the year. I'm not going to pay. I think this was filmed in the sixties. Um, yeah, I think early sixties, this was filmed. Uh, it's, it's based on the book written by Thomas Edward Lawrence, you know, known as Lawrence of Arabia um, on his book called Seven Pillars of Wisdom, uh, which is basically just chronicling his expedition in Arabia uh, during World War One. Uh, there, you know, there was Germany and, and England, and the war was being fought on that front. But also, uh, the Arabians were at war with the Turks, and the Turks were, you know, the Turkish, uh, being backed by the Germans. So Britain did have a presence. Uh, in Egypt and Arabia, where uh, they, were ba- they were basically uh, backing the Arabs uh, in their fight against the Turks, but it was rather disjointed. Uh, what Lawrence did basically was, you know, Arabia, you know, much like current state today, was uh, a collection of different tribes. There were no states, there were no countries, really. It was Arabia with, you know, five, six, seven different tribes. Uh, who kind of followed their own code and had their own territory. You know, well, not unofficially, not official to, you know, know, the bigger countries. Uh, What Lawrence was able to do, though, was able to unify them and and lead them to multiple victories in the campaign against the Turks, ultimately capturing Damascus, uh, which was a huge win for them. Um, But, you know... Uh, after that, you know, Lawrence did retire, and he was, uh, he, uh, was dismissed uh, as a colonel, uh, returned back to England. He uh, was actually an advisor to Winston Churchill, and between him and Churchill, they're largely responsible for what is now known as the Middle East today. I mean, the state of the country, the borders, the countries that exist are largely in part to Winston Churchill and Lawrence of Arabia. It's really, really interesting stuff. Uh, but enough of the history. Let, let's get to the film. Uh, a- as with anything, you have to take it with a grain of salt because it is, you know, an adaptation of it on the screen. So they they're gonna. But a lot of what happens, you know, is accurate. Basically, you have Lawrence, who's a nobody in the British military station in Egypt. He's in a basement painting maps. Uh, he gets a call. They want him to go on an expedition to Arabia uh, to kind of assess the the military situation for the generals because. Uh, he can speak, he's familiar with Arab culture, he's very well learned, um, and he just goes on this journey, and he's so, at one point he's very cocky and very showmany, and then at other times he's very modest and meek. Um, he becomes like a hero to the Arab people because he brings victory in battle, uh, and at the same time he's being used as a pawn by the politicians. This movie, for being filmed when it was, is absolutely stunning. The cinematography, the the the, the filming, you know, the scenes, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it won several Oscars, uh, rightfully so too. Um, you know, it's interesting because they talk about it was so hot in the desert that they would have to, you know, these old cameras. Again, it's the early sixties wet towels, ice cubes. They just had uh, big blocks of ice. They just had to put them on the camera so it wouldn't melt the film or damage the cameras. There's one scene in the movie, which is a shot of the sun at full tilt, and that's a painting. Other than that, because it melted the the film, there was no way they could get a shot of the sun. Beyond that, everything else is filmed. There's no trickery. Um, The challenges Mm. of doing it, uh, you know, you've got all these people out there trying to film on the desert, so you gotta you you have to actually like sweep the desert floor to make it look pristine, untouched. You can't see all these footprints from all the production crew. So you, and then a paper cup would go. The wind would pick up a paper cup and send it flying across. So you'd have to go out there and you'd have to clean all your footsteps up when you went out there. The effort that went into making this film is absolutely beautiful. Uh, the score is memorable. You know it as soon as you hear it. Um, it's absolutely wonderful. The cadence of it, uh, you know, the highs and lows, the tempo of it. it it's just, it, it's in my top three favorite movies of all time. It's long, it's dry. Uh, but I went and actually a couple of years ago saw it with my son in the theaters. They re-released it. It was, it's that good. It's just, and there's humor. There's one part where he has, a, you know, there's this young Arab child who doesn't have any, you know, any family. So Lawrence kind of hires him as kind of like an assistant, you know. And, uh, you know, he shepherds them through the desert and they get back to the the British base in Egypt and uh, they go to the officer's bar, which is strictly forbidden to bring an Arab in there. You know, let alone at this point, Arabs wearing the Arab uh, Lawrence is wearing the Arab garb and they're getting all these looks and they sit at the bar and the bartender's like, get out of here. You can't. And he grabs him. He goes, we want two lemonades." The bartender goes, this is a this is a bar for British officers. That's all right. We're not particular. And then (laughs) he gives him the lemonades and this kid, I mean this is a kid who grew up in the desert, he's never seen any place like this, he knows nothing, gets this glass of iced lemonade and he picks it up and he's shaking and he just chugs it and Lawrence picks up his glass looks over, and he goes, he likes your lemonade. Dry British humor. (laughs) It's here and there. I can't tell you how much I love this movie. Uh, Lawrence uh yeah, thomas sir thomas edward lawrence such an interesting person um i actually have a book right here i'll, I'll pull it out just to mark out even more tell you why i love this uh, lawrence in arabia mm, okay uh this is a lot about his uh campaign the military campaign and what came in uh let's see uh Lawrence in Arabia definitively overturns Received wisdom on how the modern Middle East Was formed So I mean Just
1: That's it's interesting I've never uh, Again obviously the only Way or reason I'd ever heard of it Was you know in that song and that's why it was Confusing to me at first but um, Is this something I'd be able to find On a a streaming app or Anybody who is listening to this do you know of it Being on anything like a prime or Netflix That you know of
3: yeah, I, I would have it, to look. Know. So I have, uh, and see, that's how much of a nerd I am, is I have, like, the remastered DVD version. DVD, yeah, And sure. then I also have the Blu-ray version, which, it's again, it's just... The cinematography of the time, it was fantastic, but when you remaster that shit and you see it, it is mind-blowing how beautiful it is. Man, it well, is very long. It is very dry, so I can see why some people had have a hard time watching it, um, but again, I think just the character of Lawrence itself is enough. Uh, and, uh, you know, just uh, some actors. Uh, Peter O'Toole plays Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alec Guinness plays Prince Faisal. Alec Guinness, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep, yep. Amongst other things, obviously. Um, Anthony Quinn. the Oh, shit. The dumb Italian gangster from Last Action Hero. Yeah, yeah. He's in it. He actually plays an Arab, uh, which is great. So does Alec Guinness. And Alec Guinness does such a good job that once he had the makeup and he learned the accent, he went to Omar Sharif, who's in it, who is Arab, and Omar goes, he's more Arab than I am. That's (laughs) what a wonderful job he did. Uh, And then a couple other people for that you would know from a lot of old classic movies. Um, But goddamn, this movie just is so... Invigorating, man, it gets in you. I I just love this movie. I can't say enough about it.
1: Beautiful. So Lawrence of Arabia. There's the movie of the week. And biggest suggestion, of course, from the doc. ODM. That's the man that's putting the stamp of approval on this one. I'm gonna have to watch it. So
3: putting the D and PhD. <laughs> I will uh
1: Even, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Top of Wrestling, Odie. I'm just gonna leave you with just four words. Let your soul glow. <laughs>
0: Cool.
1: Uh, well, okay. Let me tell you a quick story then. I might as well, in case you want to use this for.
3: It's story time with the professor, baby, baby. Um, so you know, I was doing the I'm I had the bowling alley job,
0: mm.
1: and you know, just for fun, part time. Well, two weeks ago, three weeks, two three weeks ago, and I'm talking it was two and three weeks ago this kid that worked there or that works there he sucks like just sits around does nothing i'm double his age running fucking laps around this kid lazy as balls i had a conversation with the manager he's like how how are things going here i'm like you want the truth this guy sucks (laughs) blah 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 blah." and then i was talking to the one assistant manager this girl and she was like so how are things going when you guys are closing near night i go Jow sucks. Honestly, he fucking is horrible. I go, he's a piece of shit loser. I go, I don't even know why he's still here. Manager, the main guy, told me. He goes, well, because honestly, he goes, if I fire him, you know, I got to come in. I don't got anybody. I'm like,
3: "Uh uh-huh. Well, that says everything.
1: Right. But, like, as Crosby and I know, back in the day of running the, the suit store, someone quits, someone's this, that, whatever. We're like, well, we're working tonight. That's what it is. It just, you're the one that mans up. And that was his thing by going, well, if I have to. So I'm bitching to this one chick, Diana. I'm like, he sucks. I'm like, he's a worthless dude. I'm like, I don't even know how he lives in life. <clears throat> Found out a couple days later they were banging or are banging. And I was like, oh, good. Me and my mouth. I'm glad I inserted that fucking foot wide in there. Uh, but it gets even better. I'm there this past Friday night. There's this little Spanish chick that works there, and she was like, I just don't feel like being here anymore right now. I I'll be back tomorrow, and the one manager dude, his name is Aaron. By the way, all these kids like I told you, teenagers. And he goes, I need you here till eleven. He goes, we're here till two, with just the two of us. After that, we need you here till eleven. And at ten o'clock, she goes, Huh,
0: eh,
1: I'm good. Punches out and just walks out. And I go, Are you serious? Looking right at her face, what the fuck do I have to lose, man? This is just a fun part-time job. Yeah, but absolutely. We're fun went out the window already. Uh, she looked me right in the eye. I go, "You're a lazy twat." Those <laughs> first words that came right out of my mouth. Twat flew right out of my mouth. No problem. It was so natural. Then we're having a million other issues. We call the manager and he goes, "Look, it. I'm closing tomorrow night, and thing. Eh, we'll try to take care of things." And I go, "Tomorrow night? Look at my man." We're fucking swamped right now. Every lane is booked, and after it, it's booked. I'm arguing with people. I just got in a full-blown argument with a customer about leaving because you know how reservations work at a bowling alley. You have to get out of there by a certain time if people have the reservation after. The guy was being an asshole, wouldn't leave, wouldn't leave. I'll leave when I'm ready. And... We have an on-site trooper there every Friday and Saturday night, which says so much already. You know what what I mean? It's like the Grease Ridge Mall. As soon as you start bringing the cops (laughs) there on a nightly basis, you already know what the what's up, dude. I was seconds from pulling this dude in and doing the Kurt Angle to Samoa Joe headbutt. You know what I mean? From TNA Mm -hmm. when he first walks in. Oh, I wanted to do it so bad. I was like, I may just break this dude's nose. All this shit's going on. I go, you know what? Fuck it, I left a letter for the the manager. I go, you clearly do not give a shit. Why am I here till two, three in the morning giving a shit? Good luck, man. I hope these kids don't walk
3: on you forever. I'm out. I just I'm done. I am not even showing up tomorrow night. I'm done. Peace. I don't blame you. You don't need. It was supposed to be something fun. Make a little scratch, and it's just another hassle.
1: Yeah, dude. It was a fu- but shining moment was arguing with someone. And then also calling the girl a lazy twat. <laughs> it was just—it was a hell of hell of a night. It was like and a. And it's re- funny because it's like a repeat what, of the She sign lady. Holy shit! <laughs> no, this was worse. Um, but it was just so much happening all at once, and it was just like I said. It was the mechanic wasn't doing his job. I had to help him out, and I end up busting my arm on a piece of wood. Yeah, how does that happen at a bowling alley? A lot of dumb shit, all in one night, in like an eight to nine hour shift. I was like, fuck this place, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I got in bed, Hillary's like, how's work? I go, I quit. She goes, really? I go, no, 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 I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd already talked to her a couple of times earlier in the night, but I go, no, this one I, I really did. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that felt good.
3: I bet. It's always Lazy liberating, plots. isn't it? Especially when you know you don't uh, care. Like when you know that was the best part. Deal. I go,
1: what am I holding on to? What the fuck am I holding on to right now? I go, <laughs> like, this guy's gonna call someone and be like, don't hire him here in Florida. Mount this bitch in a month, man. Peace. <laughs> 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 oh. And I know what you mean. And obviously, for you with your job, don't you wish you had that liberating moment where you could just do that shit to some of these people
4: mm-hmm. on there,
3: you know? Uh, which I'm is funny for it.
1: Because then I, Well, then I walk in Monday morning to my normal day to day job and I have that same kind of feel attitude, I go, whoa, 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 hang on, wait, wait, this one keeps the lights <laughs> on. <Hang> on <laughs> Can't do that shit. Can't <laughs> do that one here. Not yet. <laughs> Tell me the song you at least liked. No. Fuck, really? (laughs) Oh, my God. You know what?
3: I used to like Todd Pentengill. Now, fuck him.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't wait for this fucking segment. Oh, my God.